Good evening, Demon fans, and welcome to the Demon Land podcast. My name is Andy, and joining me uh, once again, my co-host Grape Viney. Good evening, Grape Viney. How are you? Uh, for the first time in quite a few weeks, I'm actually a little bit nervous, uh, to be honest, Andy. So, um, uh, just came today the nerves for the first time. So, well, my nerves, uh, my nerves haven't kicked in. I'm still just a little bit uh, worried about the whole uh, ticket thing for next week. Um, I'm guaranteed a grand final ticket, but I've got to not sleep in for four hours uh, <laughs> sometime tomorrow um, to, to miss out on registering. But uh, we'll talk about that a bit later on. Also joining us tonight, uh, my favourite guy to follow on Twitter, at Demon Blog, a.k.a. Super Mercado on Demonland. Good evening. How are you? Gentlemen, I'm good. I can't believe it's only been a few weeks since I was having a big old sook on air about the prospect of us missing the finals, and now this. Yeah, well, I had a sook as well, I think, a week before you, so... uh, uh, Shows how quickly it can turn. That's right, and um, I mean, my... um I was at an all-time low at that that, at that stage um, in terms of my confidence of whether we could uh, make the finals, and now I, I think I've flipped a whole um, you know 180 with that, and I'm I'm like quite confident uh, this week, not as much as I was the last two weeks, but the confidence levels are rising. But the team has been performing in such a way that uh, has helped uh, that confidence level. Yeah, it's uh, certainly uh, an unusual feeling. It, 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 well, part of the reason for my nerves, I was just watching AFL 360 before and they had one of those straps along the bottom that said uh, changes coming to AFLX in 2019. <laughs> and I thought to myself, you know, the, the AFL is trying to slip this one past the Melbourne Football Club while we're focused on preliminary final week. <laughs> they know that we're the premiers. <laughs> Um, uh, one of, was it eight or nine teams were premiers, I think, for that competition. So uh, that also makes me very nervous because we are dominating the AFLX game <laughs> and I don't think they should be slipping these changes through while we're focused on other things. Yeah, I agree. Um, um, I don't know if we've talked, have we talked much about the changes that are on the take, on the cards for AFL in general, like the main game? Because... I'm not happy about it. I know uh, Super Mercado, I know you're not, uh, by reading your Twitter. Um, what do we think about that? Is it, is it going to be a, a huge change to to the way we watch footy? I don't understand why we need the, the bigger goal square. What's the rationale for that? I haven't had that explained to me. Super Mercado. Just, it anyway. I think, well, I think it's just so instead of, hoofing it to, you know, 60 metres and a, a sort of a, a small bracket of where you could kick it, it gives you the entire length of the ground where you could kick it. Uh, whether that's actually necessary or not, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, What's the kick out to the mean? Sam Frost mortar job on, on Friday night. Uh, but I guess the idea is that instead of knowing if a guy runs left out of the goals and kicks it long, it's going to definitely go to this tiny pocket of the ground. Now the idea will be it could go into the middle, it could go out to the wing. I, I, I wouldn't say it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard because they, they managed to plant a few seeds of really stupid things, uh, so it didn't seem so bad. But it just seems so unnecessary, uh, and I hope that uh, it just causes a complete it, shambles and brings the game to its knees. Doesn't After that mean flag. that the kick out then effectively starts at 10 metres forward? Yeah, so you just move everyone back a bit. Yeah, it doesn't make <laughs> sense to me. I'm hoping that the very first person to take a kick out, and also think, I watched that trial game, 
think how long, how much time is going to be wasted with people picking up the ball behind the goal, walking all the way down to the end, <laughs> probably playing on anyway. Um, but I hope the first person who gets a kick in just does a short one into the pocket <laughs> and just totally negates that. And then it turns into a goal. It just goes bang, bang, bang and turns into a goal just to negate the whole thing. So, I, look, I think that's quite stupid and just amazing that they can – well, of course, they can get away with anything they want because they're a monopoly. But to say it's been properly tested and trialled uh, when it was bunged on a couple of slop fest VFL games between bottom of the table sides. And I don't know if you guys saw the article during the week that actually sort of debunked some of the myths that the AFL pulled out and actually showed that it created less scoring opportunities <laughs> in those games, uh, which yeah. again, it could have just been the fact that it was two rubbish teams playing each other, but it certainly didn't prove anything the other way. Um, that it's going to be the next big thing in the the big sport. But I'm hoping that uh, we do the business in two weeks, win the last Premier. <laughs> oh, we lost uh, Super, Super Mercado. If you can still hear us, we've lost your audio. Um, so um, perhaps try and uh, fix that that up. Um, the the other rule, the other main change uh, is that 666 uh, for the starting thing. So, uh, look, I'm not totally against that. Uh, I've liked at times when we've, um, you know, we've done that, you know, have play the man off, um, you know, the extra man off the halfback, but that'll obviously stop stop that. But, you know, that's that I'm not as as worried about. My my issue is that um, all this came about because there was a stretch of games towards the beginning of the year or a stretch of rounds where there was, you know, for the most part, really ordinary football and low scores and lots of congestion. And so everyone, the entire footy industry, got into a tiz about it um, and there was a demand for changes. And then what we saw in the second half of the year was that the game sort of fixed itself up and we saw a lot better games. We saw much higher scoring. Um, We've seen it, obviously, from our own club being the... Uh, the top scoring team in the competition, um, being able to kick over 100 uh, points um, most weeks. So um, I just question the need for it when it seems, uh, if you watch the footy most weeks, it's pretty bloody good. Yeah, I'd have to agree. And, uh, you know, the the numbers uh, for the finals uh, have broken records. So I don't know. Are we... uh trying to fix something that's that's not broken i don't don't know i think so yeah um i've just tried to call um uh super mccarter back uh boys have you got me i've got you now yes that's better i could hear i could obviously hear what you guys were talking about and i think the problem this year wasn't so much the mid teams and the top teams it was your gold coast and carlton's and brisbane a couple of times that really dragged the average score to its knees because they just couldn't score in those games where they were were way overmatched. So I guess the idea of this Frankenstein goal square is that at least when Gold Coast concedes a point, they don't just get the ball locked in their 50 for the next 45 minutes uh, and able to get it out. Um, but at the same time, once once they concede a goal, then theoretically that's out of the that's off the agenda. So if they can't score from forward of forward of centre as well. I'm not sure the uh, super goal square is going to help them too much. Uh, but I did actually hear a good theory during the week that the 666 will actually pay off in spades for us uh, with the the animal contested ball midfield coming from Max kicking towards any combination of uh, Wiedemann, McDonald, Hogan, even Max when he goes down there for a break. 
uh, and the other teams won't be able to stick someone in front of them. So there could be an upside to it for us. Uh, but in general, I, I fail to see where that's going to help the overall scoring because when Gold Coast, when the ball goes out of the middle and sits in the opposition 50, the starting positions aren't going to mean a thing for them. So no doubt it will extend to other stoppages before long. Look, I think a lot of this is coming from uh, the fixturing as well, um, particularly the, the Friday night games. There are a lot of dud Friday night games this year, I think. Um, and the majority of uh, people watching footy uh, would probably be on those nights. And if you're going to put dud teams up um, on those nights, well, people are going to complain about the state of the game or, or turn off the, the TV. And that's why they're thinking they need rules change. Um, put the D's on. That's my... Uh, well, that's the mistake they made this year. Yeah. I, I, do you think there's any correlation uh, that um, with that, uh, putting on dud games is you know, causing people to well, perhaps say that the game's in trouble when you have to watch... Um, well, the, the fact is that with the fixture, they end up being dud games. Well, yes. Um, exactly. That doesn't mean they have to be um, scheduled, obviously, in the prime slots. Well, that's what I'm talking you end about. Up, you end up seeing some crappy football over the year if uh, if you're a you know an honest watcher of the no, game. No, 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 but I'm talking about in the primetime spots because that's where the most eyes are going to be on it. That's where the, the noise on Twitter is well, going to be. Yeah. I mean, the Carlton was yeah. an issue this year again, wasn't it? But also like... The second or third consecutive year. St Kilda were on a lot. Uh, Bulldogs were on a lot. Um, you know, all bottom six teams in the end. And oh, look, there's going to be times they, they you know, you can't forecast sometimes. You, you might think St Kilda are on the rise, but... You know, there are some things you can't forecast. Adelaide sort of dropping off, but anyway. Yeah. Look, I yeah, no well, you could have you could have forecast Carlton being rubbish. Yes. I think. Yes. Like St Kilda, I think you could you could make a case for them that they swung and missed on that one, but they certainly botched not putting us on more and not realizing that Carlton were going to be completely pox again. Uh, and you've got your Friday night is roughly in a round where there's nine games. I would say, tell me if I'm wrong. That's really the only time where there's one game that no games intersect across each other. Yeah. Uh, so you haven't even got that option. At least Saturday night, if you've got Foxtel, you know, you get one dud game on the Channel 7 game. You can always flick over to whatever B grade contest is on the other channel. Uh, and that could very well be a much better game. Whereas Friday just sits one out and you just see, you know, you see Carlton's on and you just think, no, I'll be right. <laughs> I've got no need to watch but, that. But that's the night get That's like, the night people want to watch a blockbuster game. Yep. Saturday night, if you get a blockbuster, that's bonus. But um, you know, most of the time, I'm not expecting it. And if I'm at home, uh, I'll, I'll watch. But uh, Friday night, people want a blockbuster. And uh, I don't think it's even about, well, Carlton have, Carlton have the most, you know, one of the highest supporter ray and i don't think they do anymore um let's put them on everyone else that's right exactly so because i've heard a lot of people uh non-melbourne people in the last few weeks you know sort of getting on the melbourne bandwagon saying they really enjoy watching our style of play and watching us play so yeah get get the d's on or at least teams that i've got no doubt we'll get uh we'll get three perhaps four friday night games next year then we'll have the two um, we'll have the Anzac Day and the QB on top of that. We're going to have at least half a dozen fixtures that are absolutely prime time, rolled gold, um, money makers. 
Yep, I agree. Uh, well, we weren't even – that wasn't even a planned thing to talk about tonight, but, uh, yeah, I just thought uh, we'll bring it up. Um, if you would like to uh, join us on the program tonight to discuss any of the topics uh, that we talk about, you can give us a call on 0390163666 or you can Skype us at Demonland31. Uh, if you're listening to the show live, you can join us in our chat room where you can ask us questions or post comments by heading over to demonland.com slash podcast. Uh, if you're listening to this at your leisure via SoundCloud on demonland.com or via iTunes or an Android podcasting app, be sure to subscribe to the show to receive updates uh, when a new show drops. And don't forget to leave us favorable reviews to help more people find us. Uh, you can follow us on social media, Facebook at facebook.com slash demonland31, on Twitter at demonland, on Instagram at demonland31, or on YouTube, just search for Demonland Podcast, and you can listen to some of the interviews that we've conducted with current and past players and coaches, or if you just love talking about the Ds 24-7 all year round, why not join up to demonland.com and chat with all the other Ds fans in this crazy website, it's completely free. Uh, now, with all that out of the way, uh, boys, uh, we're into a uh, preliminary final. Who's coming with me to Perth? Super Mercado, I know you are. I, I, I will be there. Uh, I'm not sure I'll get out alive, but I'll certainly start in Perth. So you you're, you told me you're sitting with the cheer squad? Yes. Uh, so I'm right behind the goals, so there is every possible chance I'll be seen on TV acting like an absolute nuffy. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring back the wearing of a jumper at the footy for Ooh. the last the last time, the first time in five years and the last time in my life, presumably. Uh, but I'm just gonna leave it up to the viewers to to spot whether I go for the, uh, yeah, the Phil Reed, the Steph Martin, or the Sam Blaze. <laughs> okay, <laughs> nice. You don't have a disco jumper to rock. Sadly not. You know, <laughs> knowing knowing that until this week that I was a retired jump aware having clearly declared that I was too old for that kind of thing uh, I've never I've never invested in the disco jumper I did almost get Reese Healy's Shanghai showdown jumper in the uh, <laughs> in the auction they had recently but pulled out at $110 when I thought this is just getting too ridiculous was the, uh, so that would have, that would have been nice was that jumper the um, was that a, the dragon jumper yes yes in the number fifty, <laughs> nice. the high profile number fifty. So, yeah, I'll be I'll be going the. I haven't decided yet, and I won't be revealing it. But if you see the twenty eight, the thirty four, or the seventeen, going absolutely bunter and probably getting thrown things thrown at by uh, the locals, that will be me. All right. So there's a, there's only about uh, three thousand of us going. I, I, for some reason, I thought there'd be more. I don't know why it was. Uh, maybe I was just reading on Demonland that seemed like a lot of people were coming, but maybe that was just uh, apparently tens on the of radio. Us. They said that that's the most number of interstate ticket allocations oh. that have ever been sold for a final. Really interesting. Yep. Well, well I noticed Jet, Jetstar's helpfully put another flight on this afternoon Today, just yeah. when 60,000 of 60,000 tickets have been sold. So well done to anyone who uh, probably did insider trading through friends or something at Jetstar and just bought a ticket for the game uh, and held off on the, uh, held off on the flights because they've made it out like bandits. Do you think that was just a PR thing for them and they've just got the timing completely wrong? Yep. Absolutely. It's like, we're good guys. They'll get to that day and then they'll shuffle people off onto other flights and just kill off that kill off that flight and not even run it in the end. <laughs> Someone should hold them to account to make sure that the plane that is listed on their website actually takes off. Well, I guess if it takes off, we're going to assume it's going to land, but it, that it actually operates as a flight. 
and that they don't get away with just going out with the publicity stunt. I was hoping that uh, China Southern, uh, our sponsor, was going to get on board and uh, and uh, put a few plane loads of people over, but uh, via Guangzhou. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? It, uh, well, it's probably cheaper doing it yeah. that way. Well, people have been. Uh, some people have booked through Singapore. Yep, I've um, heard that. When Bang. I was checking out flights, it was a uh, it was cheaper to go through Sydney um, than to go direct from Melbourne. Bali, um, I've heard. <laughs> sorry, I've heard Bali was a, a through yep. destination. So it's uh, yeah, it's a bit of a joke, really. Someone said the flights fr- uh, from Cairns to Perth were like. Um, Three hundred bucks or four hundred yeah. bucks. So, uh, oh, I could I couldn't do that. I just just for the time I couldn't do that. Uh, any of these enormous deviations. Um, I actually, when Melksham kicked the second goal with two or three minutes left, I just ripped out the phone and started doing it on the spot uh, on my mobile at the MCG. So thank you to the uh, people who actually have set up so you can can get four G in a crowded <laughs> stadium at the MCG you now, which to, never that's never right. used to be possible till a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, and a few couple of Ticketek-style false starts where the website dropped out on me. Um, I got in very early, uh, and prices were probably $200, $300 more a couple of hours later and about $600 more the next morning. So didn't even know it was a 50-50 split on the tickets at that point. I just thought, bugger it, I'll, I'll do it, and then I'll work out the rest later. Uh, and if worst comes to worst, I'll fly for do an eight-hour road, uh, eight-hour round trip just to watch TV in another state. But... <laughs> All's well that ends well. Uh, I'm in. I didn't pay too much. I don't have to go via, you know, Papua New Guinea or anything. Um, I'm flying Tiger, so oh, you know, okay. Can't, Good luck. Can't win. Can't win them all. Uh, but I'm sure. I'm sure they'll look after us, even if we probably have to pay for the toilet. <laughs> so uh, I, my wife, uh, you know, when she realised we were home and ho, she was watching on at home. Uh, she's booked me a flight, which was great, um, and. Then tried to get accommodation, and um, at first uh, was struggling a little bit, and uh, managed to get me somewhere. Um, but yeah, then we checked a few uh, the hotels that I wanted originally. We checked on the Saturday night, and there were plenty of rooms. So there must have been a, quite a few Hawks supporters uh, that cancelled <laughs> their bookings oh, afterwards. Yeah. So um, thank you, Hawthorne, once again. Um, yeah, I was surprised at how much there was on offer at a reasonable price. I didn't do that until probably the next morning, about 10 o'clock the next morning, uh, and I just fired it into Trivago because I, like, I like their ads. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, there was a lot of stuff in Perth for, you know, let's be fair, I wasn't picking out of the Hyatt and the, uh, you know, the Hilton or anything, but at the lower but not completely rock bottom backpackers 52 people to a room level there was still a lot of stuff where you could get one night for under 200 dollars um so i was actually surprised at that that they did obviously didn't have time to push the lever up and uh start rotting people like the like the airlines i'm surprised that the uh eagle supporters didn't you know how there was uh people saying oh let's buy just a seat so that uh that Eagles supporters can't get their seats, even if you couldn't go over. I'm surprised the reverse wasn't done by uh, Eagles people and book hotel rooms to uh, stop <laughs> us coming. Yep. A war of uh, of uh, ticket buying and not using um, could have been nice. Uh, well, that did make the front page of the West Australian today. They had um, it said um, 
whinging Vicks try to sabotage our final. But that was all a joke. It was it was fake news, wasn't it? That was it wasn't actual tr- well, actually Neil, true. Well, uh, Neil Mitchell was trying to flame the fire, whip something oh, up. Oh. But uh, as many people pointed out on Beeman Land, um, uh, yeah, Neil's not exactly the most up to date Melbourne supporter necessarily, and some questioned whether he might need to renew his own membership. Yeah, well, it's nice when uh, yeah, it's nice when Neil gets on board about once every five years. Yeah, uh, I think there was there was the time Colin Sylvia rang him up to ask him to renew his membership and didn't know who John Howard was and he mocked him on air for it. Uh, and then there was the time when we were completely crap and he got Mike Brady to come in and write a fair, reasonably uh, you know emotional song about how we should just have a go. Um, and that was about five years ago. And, and fortunately, when I was searching for that today, the only place where anyone ever put the lyrics was on a Demon Land thread. <laughs> of so course. I was able to, able to pull that up and, and have another look at it. And five <laughs> years later, we're in a prelim and it's, oh, hello, Neil. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. Yeah, you so are. I'd see. like to assure any Western Australians listening that the uh, views of that man do not necessarily represent the entire Melbourne fan base. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, But let's talk about uh, the game. Um, uh, Another uh, great performance, I I thought. Uh, uh, Second quarter, um, were you guys uh, worried they were peppering? I think we we only made four inside 50 entries and we kicked three goals. Um, Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, But um, were you worried in the second quarter when they were sort of peppering away but um, not being able to... uh, well, score. they could have been. They could have been a few goals in front had they kicked accurately. Some of those shots um, missed because they were sort of pressure shots from difficult positions. But they did also miss a couple of sitters, um, and then particularly, uh, yeah, you know, if you go to halftime and the Gunston miss, um, which was a pretty easy kick, uh, it turned out to be um, turned out to be uh, game changing, really. Yeah, I wasn't that concerned only because they never did kick one. I think if they actually did, if one went through, I would have been more concerned. Um, but because they just kept missing, I sort of kept my heart was in my mouth the whole time waiting for them to kick one, and they never did, even though we spent the last couple of minutes desperately trying uh, to feed them the opportunity to kick one. It was pretty much like the second quarter last week uh, where, where the team that battered the door down got nothing and the yeah. team that nicked a couple of the other way came out of it better. But the difference this time was... We got three goals when Geelong got two and Hawthorne went five goals ahead at quarter time to start with. Uh, so, look, like I said, if I think they, they got one, I would have tensed up. But the fact that they never actually got broke through for one uh, and we got to half time with that with still a lead, I came out of it pretty confident. Now, the last quarter, totally different story. When those goals were oh, going yeah. through, I was uh, my, my internal organs were shutting down. Yeah, I was very worried. When they got to 12 points, I my head went down. I thought, well, this is uh, Cardinia Park all over again. We're going to get overrun and they're not just going to beat us. They'll probably win by about three goals. Um, but credit to uh, the Ds and they, they don't give up and they, um, uh, you know, we put the foot down and kicked a couple of goals and uh, it was amazing. There was so many um, moments in the game that um, that I just love. Viney, um, that it was just, I think, just before three-quarter time, he's like weaving in and out the strength to get through traffic and um, and, and kick to Brayshaw. That pass was just beautiful. And, and, and Brayshaw's mark, 
amazing uh, in that situation and then to kick a goal. Just before we go through those uh, glorious moments, and there were plenty of them, did anyone else think that we came out and looked a bit either tired or complacent at the start of the last quarter? Because I said to my brother a few minutes in, and this is before they got any goals, I said we look like we've just taken – we've just like sort of dropped back a level or two levels even. Um, And the effort and the intensity and the urgency was missing, I thought. Um, we we then, had a couple you know, of opportunities. Once, once you can see a couple, the momentum's on, um, and then it you know it becomes really hard to stop. We we had at least one opportunity where Vandenberg had the big flying swing yep. right at the start in the first few seconds of the quarter, and yep. I, I reckon we had one more after that. Uh, but I would agree after that there was just that that dip that the Hawks kicked that great goal, um, that real you know if you want to go for the cliche team lifting goal. Uh, from outside 50, and then that has caught us on the break for a few minutes. And I, we, we were very lucky that we uh, we got out of that centre clearance um, and Melksham kicked that goal. But, but the... even that first goal, they showed on one of the footy shows last night that it, that came from Oliver uh, just going to sleep for half a second. His player, I can't remember who it was, um, got away from him. Um, and they, as you say, they had a, a real team lift to, to kick the quarter off. And yep. what, it, I was already stressed at that one, let alone number two, and then number three was like yep. a total <laughs> panic <laughs> station. But it wasn't just uh, the way they were playing. They had the momentum, but they also had the umpires um, uh, on a string, basically. Um, I think they... It was an incredible five minutes, wasn't it? Where just The whistle just kept going and going and going. And the the one that that might have been the third one where Brayshaw basically got sat, he got his head sat on, and he was still yeah. making sure his shoulders were still adjusted to his head on the ground when Burgoyne, fair enough to him, just took off and played played on and just ran past him while he was half dead on the ground. And that resulted and in a goal. Yes, correct. And if we so if we'd lost in the end, I think there would be people uh, tearing the house down over that one. So what, what do you think about that rule in general? I, I understand the whole sliding in rule, uh, which it's there for, but if you're on the ground already and you grab the ball and then you get sat on, and he played that up, Burgoyne, uh, 100%. He, that, was a, that was an acting performance. Ridiculous. And then also the, um, the Lewis one as well, it, which was probably more there in terms of the rule that's there, but still the guy also did a bit of a theatrical performance as well. Um, I can't remember who it was, um, which Hawthorne player it was, but that, uh, that rule, what, what do you think? Does it have to be looked at? Does it have to go? Um, be, be well, I just think that better? all of a sudden now we're protecting the knees at and the expense the of the head. Yep. So it needs to be rewritten because it was meant to um, tackle the sliding, as you say, but it's written yep. as contact below the legs. So in a technical sense, you could argue that I mean, I think the Brayshaw one was actually above the above the knees, but um, yeah, it needs to be rewritten um, so that it uh, doesn't get those situations. Well, who makes the contact though? That's the thing. Like Brayshaw basically blind turned around and dived on the ball without probably even knowing Bergwin was there. So even if he did make forceful contact to the knees, why is that necessarily his fault when he wasn't? He didn't see the ball at the guy's legs and, and go through his legs to get it. He just oh, happened to right. go for the ball and the legs were there. Um, and he and was it there could first have very anyway. easily been a push so, in the back as well. 
Yep. Yeah, I think yeah, the AFL wants to tell us about uh, you know all the data they collected on all their rule changes. Now we all know the famous slide that broke the leg, but what's the what's the history of the slide before that? There's one major incident that caused this rule to be brought in. I don't remember, and maybe it's ignorance of uh, 15 at the other time now, 17 other clubs. But I don't remember another situation where someone did chop someone in half with a big slide. Uh, or a knee that was, you know, done by someone going in low. And it's not to say it didn't happen, but it certainly wasn't an epidemic um, that was across the league where people were just being kneecapped left, right and centre by by slides and people going in low. Uh, so I'm not sure the problem was there that they were trying to solve. Uh, they were just knee-jerk reacting, surprise, surprise, uh, at one particular incident. And I understand the rule and why it was brought in, but every time I've seen them interpret that rule, and also in non-Melbourne games when I've got no dog in the fight, um, it's always seemed to me to be wrong and hasn't uh, been a, a, an incident that would have caused any injury. Um, exactly. It's like it's how much contact do you need to, to trigger the rule? Um, you know, it's, is it supposed to be forceful contact, but it seems to be any sort of contact, even if you run your, run yourself into the player, um, you, you get pinged for it. So it, it definitely needs to be looked at, but certainly not being talked about being looked at. But I think it's one of those frustrations that uh, irritates most fans. Oh, no, a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the footy shows have talked about it and everyone's been, um, uh, been as one saying it needs to be. Oh, yeah, I'm just saying that they're not going to review it. Like, I think everyone... You know, everyone seems to know know that that rule's broken, but it doesn't get talked about. Like today, they're talking about the hands in the back rule is finito next year. Yeah, um, yeah. So what's that? Uh, no, I sort of saw that. What? What is that? Where is that the marking? Is it? Yeah. So, so is that like yeah. the, a full? You'll be force? able to put the hand on someone's back, and as long as you don't push them. Okay, so you're allowed to touch all, the back. All legal. Okay. So that's the. Which in, in I think a, it's actually quite a good, quite a quite a sensible change. So is that a situation where just say Jesse Hogan's behind uh, his defender, he's allowed to have his hands in the back as long as it's not an outright push, um, the hands are allowed to sort of be placed there. Yeah, effectively back to what it was seven or eight yeah. years ago. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. I, I thought they were going to allow people to push someone out. <laughs> but mind you, I just read the headline, not the actual. As long article. as you could back back as well, and uh, you know, really get some big shepherds in as well, would be good. Yes. Just make it a free for all. Forget there's too many interpretations. Let's just make it a a royal rumble where people can do pretty much anything. Uh, while we're talking about umpires, do we do we know the umpires that are going over to Perth? Is that oh, is that later in the week? Usually comes as out as long as it's not that. Bloody Matt Nichols. Yeah. Tell me, does he get uh, kicked out of the finals along with his club, Hawthorne? <laughs> yes, or is, uh, is he still part of the rotation? Yeah, look, I, 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 I yeah, I don't know. Umpires, uh, I don't like any of them. Um, we'll talk uh, individual performances. Viney, was that, uh, does he look like a guy who has uh, been out for? so long or i think we said this posed the same question last week but um put it up a notch um uh, some of those side steps though um as you say his ability to work his way out of the traffic in that third late in the third quarter but on a couple of other occasions uh he's got he knows how to move his way around so um 
yeah, performing on the big stage at the very highest of levels. I mean, he had 67% game time um, only and yet finished with 27 touches, 17 contested, uh, a bunch of tackles, clearances and inside 50. So if he'd played, you know, um, sort of full game time, he would have been in the mid-30s or high-30s. So that's just outstanding from the skipper. Well, it's great that we have the luxury um, with our sort of midfield that he can to have 60%, 67% game time. Um, this is fantastic. Uh, and he had five tackles. Um, yeah. yeah, and who would have ever thought that you'd be relaxed starting off a final with Jack Viney sitting on the bench and James Harms in the starting um, midfield? Uh, and yet that's how we've lined up the last two weeks and no one bats an island because um, Harms has just, uh, just grown so much over the past couple of months. Yeah, he has. Um, I was just reading before um, his 11 tackles this week. He had 10 uh, last week. He joins only a couple of players who have had uh, uh, multiple, two game, two uh, you know consecutive finals uh, with 10 uh, for, uh, 10 tackles or more. Um, and if he plays, if he continues that and plays uh, for you know plays two more games. Let's hope, hopefully, um, uh, he'll break a record so uh, and gets those yeah, and ten tackles. Apparently, he's apparently he's beaten the Melbourne record already for the most number of tackles in a final series. I'm not surprised. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, just uh, we'll talk about Holmes in a sec. But I just want to go back to to Viney just about his sort of you know that sidestepping and brute force in someone I think in one of the threads mentioned you know that he gets caught sometimes but I don't mind him getting caught occasionally if he's going to to do uh, to play the way he played uh, on Friday it has happened every every midfielder gets caught every now and exactly. then um, it happens <laughs> yeah like you got to balance it against what they do bring and in his case he brings a hell of a lot um, I mean some of his second and third efforts uh, like in the tackling stakes, are just incredible. His will uh, to each contest is uh, is off the charts. Uh, Harms, back to him, uh, fantastic. Um, couldn't have had a better six weeks. We've said it over the last three, four, five weeks. Uh, he's just getting better and better and better. And he's, uh, I mean, he's getting into, you know, that sort of, starting to get into that elite level um, and, you know, I'm not going to say it's because he's been on the Demonland podcast twice this year, um, but uh, the the uh, results speak for themselves. Well, Spartacus <laughs> yes. uh, backed, uh, backed up the theory on the weekend by having a, a pretty good game after uh, appearing on his, so... Well, um, I'll talk about. Got it. runs on the board. I'll talk, that was his best game, best game yet. Spargo. Yeah. So he had 12, 12 possessions, which when you look at that, it doesn't. You know, it's twelve possessions, but he had you know kicked two goals. He had three other score involvement, at least three or four score in, direct score involvements. Uh, you know, he handballed to T Mac, handballed to um, Nibbler. to Nibbler. Um, you know, just sort of does some hard stuff, hard running, and um, I'm wrapped with him. Um, you know, everyone says he's cooked. <laughs> People have been saying it, but uh, if that's cooked, then, uh, you know, cook on. 
Um, well, he's he's now 14 wins and three losses for his Melbourne career. So that's an unprecedented in the modern era start to a uh, start to a career. Uh, compare, for instance, a uh, Jake Spencer, who I think was 0 and 16 <laughs> at the start of his career, or 0 and 12, or something like that. Uh, to get a guy in who's 14 and three is quite remarkable. It's interesting. I was thinking about those sorts of numbers today, actually. And uh, this is the point where the Jordan Lewis um, recruitment is going to backfire on us. Uh, You know, we've lauded his experience and what he can bring, but um, he's now one of the only players on the list that's played in a losing final. And I'm worried that, you know, know, we spent all these years getting rid of our scarred players um, and now we've got uh, someone with a loser's mentality like Lewis when the rest of our boys only know how to win. Well, uh, I'll have to get Charlie to have a word with him. Yeah, uh, well, Jonesy, doesn't he have a, he's got a loss on his record as well. Um, yeah, and I think Melksham too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, Essendon hasn't won a final since about <laughs> 2004, if we can mention that. So no doubt, no doubt that uh, those two boys have, have dropped one as well. Um, uh, so who else? Uh, uh, Oliver. Um, loved his uh, chase down, um, and that was that in the last quarter as well. Yeah, yeah, was uh, yeah, last quarter. Can't remember the guy who he chased down, but um, that was Nash, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could see he he was as late in the game, he was tired, but he still just gave it that, um, you know, just gave it his all and caught, you know, ran him down. Uh, it's just efforts like that that uh, are fantastic. Uh, Oliver had eight tackles as well, so um, you know to go with his um, twenty-two uh, possessions. And what did you think of the vision of him going down? I mean, I've, I think any reasonable person would uh, getting pushed like that would fall over. Um, there was a lot of controversy about that, but I think most people would have fallen in that situation. I don't think he dived. Um, thoughts he on he that? might not have kept to committed his entire energy to staying upright but it certainly wasn't a uh, you know theatrical plummet to the ground you know there was obvious impact there um you know if he if he tried with all his might he might have you know wobbled a bit and and held up but yeah. when you catch someone by surprise you know that's going to happen they're going to knock them over if it had happened the other way we'd be uh, decrying the Hawthorne player of as course. a diving dog so <laughs> of course you know i can see, i can see where fans of other teams uh, may differ on their opinion well i try to judge all um all free kicks with how i would be if it uh, went the other way like even the ones like if that we get in the then we get these easy ones free kicks in a goal square would i be filthy about it uh, the other way um, anyone else uh, really catch your eye? Uh, well, uh, Tommy McDonald was yep. sensational again. Um, and some of his, well, all of his marking um, is really strong. Uh, he continues to just kick accurately. Um, I think he's kicked 53-20 for the year, four goals straight the other night. And uh, Wiedemann, I thought, also had a, uh, you know, he was quieter than he was against Geelong, um, but uh, showed again uh, plenty of promise uh, and had a, a few involvements and one goal, two goals. I think two. Two, yep. Yeah. Yep. Two goals. I, so. thought, I thought Hibbard was, was excellent in defence. 
Yep. Uh, and Jeddah as well. Yep. Uh, I, I, had a, I had a lot of apologies in the votes this week, um, so I couldn't fit Jeddah in. Uh, but Petrarca as well, I thought oh. that was one of his better games in recent times. Yeah, I think it was one of his uh, one of his best that he's played uh, for us. Um, you know, without the scoreboard impact, as in like a game kicking four or five goals, but just the work rate that he did, sort of up half forward line. Um, yep, he's and I love that goal he kicked in the first quarter as well. Yep. Where yeah, where he ran straight the through run. the middle and just, yep. just smashed it home. That yep. was a really well taken goal. Just back on Nev, isn't it? It's I mean, it's not surprising that uh, he's been involved in the two iconic moments of our two games: the tackle on Selwood, and now the bump on Mitchell. Um, and uh, he was, uh, yeah, as Super Mercado said, just uh, sensational again the other night, having a ripping final series. It's interesting. People are now re-prosecuting the All-Australian argument and saying that he should have been picked. But um, as we've, I think we've all agreed before, he had a better year last yeah, year and agreed. didn't make it last year. Yeah. And you can't re-prosecute the All-Australian after the final series. No. Um, even though Sam Wiedemann would be in it. <laughs> two great games. Yeah. Uh, do you reckon Nev, given the fact that he's you know clobbered a couple of people perfectly legally, he's the dollar one favourite for the if we win the will he or won't he get suspended controversy? Like he'll he'll run into someone and there'll be like a you can't uh, miss a grand final because uh, of okay, that yeah, yeah, controversy, yeah. and then he'll be let off anyway because you can't miss a grand final for that. But I'd <laughs> say he'd be a dollar one for the uh, for that the way he's going at the moment. Yep. Yep. Um... I loved that bump. It was just beautiful. I think uh, Mitchell might have gone off after that for a little bit as well. Um, so, he did, yep. Yeah, very nice. Uh, yeah, wrapped with our, our, our back line uh, at the moment, so keep it up. We've got a big uh, big challenge ahead of us uh, for the back. So, yeah. Well, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to Nev v Mark Lacroix round two. Yep. After their uh, minor disagreement at the Siren oh, yes, yes. a few weeks ago. Uh, which we never got to the, never got to. No, it wasn't what everyone thought it was going to be. Let's just say that. So I don't know what the what the reason was behind it, but now they get to have a rematch. So that could uh, contribute further to Nev's chances of uh, clattering somebody and potentially being rubbed out. Nice. I look forward uh, to that one. Um, how, just yep. how good was the crowd again? Oh yeah. Um, I, I don't, you know, as I, I think I said last week, it, it shades of 87 about it, but the roar um, at certain times is as loud as I've ever heard at the footy. Um, I think when um, when they sort of, uh, just after the Gunston goal, um, when we caused the turnover and Spartacus got the handball to Nibbler, I think when Nibbler got the ball and as he ran in, that's the loudest roar yeah. I have ever heard um, live, I think. Well, uh, I expected more Hawthorne fans. Uh, you know, after we had the overwhelming majority against Geelong, I was surprised that we had the absolute massive overwhelming majority again. Uh, and we're obviously going to pay for that this week by the- having the massive minority. Uh, but, yeah, I was so surprised that we still had the, the, the crowd numbers so spectacularly. And you're right, some of those goals, pretty much every goal uh, after the Nibbler one and beyond yeah. was just absolutely, the atmosphere was just bonkers. 
Um, except yeah. the Charlie Spargo one, which the atmosphere was bonkers, but I only had to just look up from booking a flight on my <laughs> yeah. phone. So I was sort of distracted at the time. Uh, but all the other ones, people just went absolutely bananas. I must say, I missed the uh, miss Spargo's last uh, goal because uh, I think my wife had texted me that uh, she couldn't get me into a, the hotel. Uh, so I was uh, panicking a little bit for a few minutes. Um, but yeah, the crowd has been fantastic. Look, there were a lot more Hawthorne fans there than there were Geelong last week. I, I was actually shocked with uh, Geelong's lack of support um, uh, in a final, but maybe that's because they've been so spoilt with finals. But so of Hawthorne and they came out. But, yeah, we had – what do you think the split was uh, this week? I thought it was about 60-40. Yeah. Uh, Where I was sitting, it was about 98 to 2. So maybe yeah. I got a, um, a a poor representation of it. It was literally, there was, when we kicked those goals at the end and about three or four of them got up to walk out, it was like, I didn't even know this guy would, was here <laughs> to start with. So I, I guess that's where we're picking in the, when you go through Ticker Tech and you'd said, pick Melbourne allocation, that it's just stacked everyone in the same place. Yeah. Whereas if you had other tickets, you know, AFL members or MCC or wherever, um, you might have been with other people or on the edge of a bay between Hawthorne and Melbourne fans. But where we were, it was just the complete uh, all-Melbourne, all-the-time atmosphere. I like that. Uh, uh, yeah, this week you'll, you'll, get, a, you'll get a shock uh, there because that it's the loudest stadium I've ever been to um, and they cheer and boo everything. So, so, so hang on, the, the noise that you heard... At Domain uh, a month ago was it's louder Optus. than the noise from Friday night. I think it's Optus Stadium, uh, not Domain. Isn't it? Uh, which one's Domain? Uh, uh, domain might have been Subiaco. the Subiaco might have been Domain Stadium, uh, yes. but it is Optus. There you go, Optus. Optus Stadium. Well, <laughs> if not, then I'm going to Optus Stadium. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> right. I got tickets from a dud website. It's not. Uh, Tickets. Was it louder there than it was on Friday night? Well, look, you can't. I don't think you can compare uh, ninety thousand, still ninety thousand people. But mm. it was yeah. because we don't uh, and we don't get many ninety thousand crowds. It was much louder than anything I'd experienced really at the yep. at the G for the majority of our games. But having said that, maybe I've just forgotten what it's like to have over 80,000 considering the meagre crowds we've had uh, in the last, uh, you know, 10 years or so. But the, the but G is very constructed loud. in a way that um, helps the atmosphere. Um, yeah. It's very, you know, it, it's very vertical I think there's sort of going back and out. There's something about the acoustics in that stand, stadium as well. And yes. Uh, yep. I mean, it, we did it last time. I'd like to get off to a good start, if we can, please, uh, because, you know, try and get the crowd out of it. But then again, we yep. kicked the first four last time and sort of they came back and it's that coming back, the crowd. Like they, they would cheer. There'd be a roar that would go up. They'd kick a goal and they'd get that roar and all that but then the ball would come back to the middle and that before the ball was balled up every time the crowd would cheer like they're cheering for the first ball up in a grand final that's what it sounded like um so yeah they're very loud and and i said they boo everything like like i like a boo but they really you can have a head taken off and uh they won't accept that i I just realized we got a problem Um, what's that 
And you know that I'm a quite a superstitious guy, Andy. Yeah. And I noticed that you paged Bin Man today in the podcast thread, <laughs> no, and he didn't respond. I He's know. not in the chat room tonight. <laughs> if he doesn't call in, the game is over. Yeah, well, uh, we have changed the days on him, and that I was know. that was I I could do. I've got something on that. I couldn't get out of tomorrow night and I didn't want to do it Thursday night because it's already <laughs> too far away from the game to sort of rehash it. Um, so I'm hoping, Bin Man, maybe call in now just so that we can uh, get it over and done with. Uh, we need your call. Um, yes. Um, do you think there's anything uh, to the noise of affirmation? Um, and uh, if you're not familiar with that term, that's the... Um, uh, you know, the the home team, it, it's a couple of things. The home team getting uh, the umpire's uh, attention, basically, with their calling for ball. But I guess it's also the lack of that noise of affirmation uh, for Melbourne if we tackle and, um, you know, we don't have that shout of ball. Yeah, you know, getting the, the free kick uh, for those situations. Do you think there's anything to that? That's... Alan Richardson was yes. on TV yeah, yeah. talking about the second one that you're talking about, yeah. the non, the noise of non-affirmation. Yeah. So not being, not getting the free quicks that you might otherwise. Um, it was interesting that uh, Goody or someone said that the last two weeks has almost felt like um, uh, a home ground advantage for us, like an interstate yeah. advantage for us. So we've almost had the noise of affirmation with us for the last two weeks. So, look, I think it plays a factor. There's no doubt about it. it has Historic, to. Historically, it certainly does. But uh, I've got to remember, apart from that farcical decision against Aaron Vandenberg, we actually got some absolute yep. rippers in the yeah, last game we, we played we there. So I, I'm hoping that uh, psychologically the uh, umpires, without doing it deliberately, try and bring it back into the middle and possibly, uh, you know... Tip it a bit in our favour, just to correct the historical record. Exactly. Well, apparently Eagles this year, in the article I read, they've had an 80-plus differential in in their favour, but the last few weeks um, it it has not been uh, like that. Um, And, oh, I got... uh, Says Bin Man, trying to call you, I'm not available. Yeah, well, what I'm going to do, Bin Man, if you're listening, because I just saw I had a voice message from him, so even if we don't get him, maybe I can play the voice message and that'll do. But uh, last week I just had to close down Skype and open it again, so I'll let you know once it's uh, opened. Ooh, thank God for that. I am a very superstitious person, and part of the reason I'm not going over to Perth is because I didn't go over a month ago uh, with you, Andy. Okay. And well. I don't want to upset the balance this time. Um, so. Well, uh, all right, Bim Man. Uh, yeah, it's come up that I had a missed call from him. Bim Man, it, it's restarted, so give us a call. We need, uh, well, I, you know, I'm not so, I am a little bit superstitious, but I'm trying to get over it, but. Uh, Great Viney, he's, he's going to have a meltdown. So uh. I'll tell you why I'll have a meltdown. I had a meltdown on Friday night because I had to wear the same clothes I wore the previous week. Ah, and they weren't washed. And it was cold against Geelong, so I had a thermal on. Yeah. Oh. And unfortunately, I had to wear that against Hawthorne, and it was a warm night. So, that's, a, that's a rookie mistake. Uh, you know, I lost about five kilos <laughs> in sweat. Uh, I think we've got uh, Bin Man calling in now. I will take the call. Bin Man, uh, please, is that you? 
Hello. Oh, Ben Man. Hey. <laughs> you've saved hey. you've saved Grapevine some Save stress. Save the days. Yes. Um, good evening. How are you? I'm <laughs> um, good, thanks. I'm um, um, feeling very pumped about the weekend. I uh, uh, could not have enjoyed that game on Friday night anymore if I'd set out to enjoy it more than I did. <laughs> so, uh, well, first I'll ask you, are you going over to Perth? I am indeed. Oh, beautiful. I wasn't going to, and um, I've got a good mate of mine that I talked about last week, uh, the uh, Nervous Nelly um, demon fan, and um, he's going, and he was trying to convince me, and I was, I was thinking the whole cost of everything, mm. and and I got home after the game and they all went out and I, I came home and I had stuff to do on the weekend and um, I jumped on the net and watched all the highlights I could and the press conference and I thought, oh, look, I, I just got to go. So I booked my Tiger Air flight and I jumped from 283 on the return ticket to 530 mm-hmm. before my very eyes. Um, but yeah, jumped on, bought it. Uh, he got the tickets yesterday, smack on the wing. So oh, where, where about yeah, what? Couldn't be more pumped. What bay are you? Oh, uh, well, it's not. I think it's it's uh, one forty-five. Okay. Aisle one forty-five. Uh, I'm in the same one, B man. We might have to uh, catch up. Defend you know, each other. Absolutely. No, well, we'll be. Everyone I know is either in one four four, one four five, or one four six. I know quite a few guys going over. So. Uh, I think those three bays at least, which is sort of wing half forward, um, yep. that's going to be all Melbourne, I would say, and behind the goals as well. Well, yeah, 105, we'll We're... try and defend our turf until you three can get over to uh, save us. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what row you're about in, in 145? I, I do. Uh, it's uh, row 22. Okay, I'm three, so <laughs> all right, we'll, we'll have to... You're uh, right on the fence then. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't too bad at that stadium because it is raised above, um, like the yeah. front row is, is almost head height of a player on the boundary line, so you've got a bit of height yeah. going into there. Because normally I, I would not want to sit row three, but I'll, I'll take it at this stadium. Uh, my friend, um, he likes to be up a bit higher and wanted level one, but there was a malfunction on the computer and it wouldn't... Like the t- they could see the tickets were there, but couldn't get it, and um, that so we're right at the us. back because he wanted as far back as possible. But it seems there's a virtual. I'm not sure if you've seen it, but on the the West Coast um, website, there's a virtual stadium. Okay. So you can go to your seat and oh. see what it looks like, and Ooh, it's sort of under a slight overhang. So hopefully, it's not a pillbox effect. But you think in a a billion dollar stadium, they wouldn't have done that. Um, I'll let you know that side of the ground because when I went there, I sat on the op- exact opposite, sort of the diagonal opposite from that uh, there, and I was like in the shade. But that side of the ground was bathed in sunshine, so uh, sunscreen, hat, maybe sunglasses um, for that side of the ground, um, and a full protective bodysuit for Clayton Oliver. Yeah, so if the sun's out, well, you'll be sweltering. So uh, that's just a word to the wise. I'm going to look up this uh, this uh, West. So Is it on the Eagles it's, website? It's it's called West Coast Virtual Venue. All right, I'll have to look that up and have a look at my seat. Um, and they boo. I don't know like what you, you do if you're put a it on, and they just start booing as soon as you go on. Wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised. Any thoughts on on that game? The game? Uh, anything you saw that uh, we haven't discussed, or you want to bring up again? Um, Oh, look, uh, I'm, I'm always about looking forward these days. So uh, um, I think a couple of things had thought. There was the thread on Demonland that um, David King 
you know, saying that yes. we're going to get we'll get flogged if we play like that. And I actually don't mind David King's analysis as a general rule, but I think he over egged the pudding a bit on their uncontested how many uncontested marks they got. I mean, as I said last week, that was always going to be the critical sort of factor is cutting out their uncontested. But if you look at it, even in that second quarter when they did, they really did uh, dominate and really our defensive unit <coughs> saved us and Maxi getting back. A lot of their kicks was very crowded. We were flooding the back line and um, the, they weren't really getting quick transitions. So a lot of, they were, you could see they were deliberately trying to stretch us. So they were going for sort of across ground kicks that apparently they don't normally do. Normally they, I heard someone say during the week, tend to go more down the line. And, you know, I think that we, you have to give up some of them. You can't cover everything. Um, so, that, but they weren't that moving the ball that quickly. So I suspect it was partly a tactical thing to give them some of, not give them, but not run ourselves into the ground. And um, so I think that was overplayed a bit, but certainly the numbers that were more concerning was contested ball, um, was just about level at halftime, and they had four more um, inside 50s, which is super rare for Melbourne at the moment. So, But we were definitely playing deeper, so that might have had a factor. Um, the other issue that was really noticeable when I was surprised that no commentator seemed to discuss it was there was a clear strategic change where they were kicking to about 40 metres out in the corridor in front of goals, um, and it was the cause of at least four or five turnovers, Spargo, in the first quarter, had Hannon on the inside on the boundary line and back to go into that spot and turned it over. Petraka did it a couple of times. Uh, Jones did it once where exactly that scenario, kicking to that spot. But it's also the spot that Wiedemann kicked his goal from. Um, Tom McDonald kicked two from there. Uh, Hannon kicked one from there. There were about five or six of our goals from about 30 metres out directly in front. Um, and it was a really noticeable tactical change so you know I thought that was quite interesting that they would trial that or try it in a such a big game yeah we were a bit sloppy at times we did make a few of those uh, mistakes um, but uh, yeah, it didn't hurt us too badly well we just we yeah, create so many opportunities that yeah. some of them end up going through yeah although as you say the second quarter was uh, was sort of the reverse of that what we are... were lucky that they, I mean, they, they, they had turnovers, some pretty poor turnovers as well. Yes. And obviously you, you worry about your own turnovers, but geez, they missed some very gettable shots and um, also missed some targets as well. So, um, Anything else, uh, B-Man? Uh... Well, just a match going forward, I think, I mean, I was pretty confident the Geelong game. I'm pretty confident about the Hawthorne game, a bit less so. Uh, and this game, I think, is a genuine 50-50 game. I'm a bit surprised, to be honest, in the odds that we're as um, short as we are. But, I mean, I guess that's a reflection of how well we're playing. Um, I mean, you'd know, having been there previously, it's a pretty formidable ground to go to, obviously. Um, but I think our, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but our game is built for finals. And, you know, the I think West Coast like to control the ball, but not quite the same way as... Um, as uh, Hawthorne, they look to attack it a little bit more and move it more quickly. And I think that sort of style suits us because they've got to be on um, and that sort of system has to work under pressure, whereas we just, I mean, our game style is built for it in the sense that there's always the pressure uh, and there's always, you know, you just they just need to bring the intent. So you've got to imagine they'll bring the intent, don't you? 
Uh, yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, I, it's one of those things. I, I if I'm, I'm a little bit nervous. I think if we were playing at the G, I'd be a lot more comfortable. Um, but we'll see. We took the bickies home. I didn't think we were a chance last time I went over there and look what happened. So We've beaten them over there the last two times, so yep. against the odds both times. So and then I, I, just... I didn't realise this, that the time before that we lost by a goal um, and I'm, I can't now remember that game. Uh, I'm super mad, I'm sure you do. Uh, what were the circumstances there? We lost by a goal. I'm thinking, was that the one? I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull it up. But was that the one where we just smashed them in the last quarter? Because we, I don't think we played there all the season before, and we. I'm thinking there was a there was a West Coast game where we just the last quarter we just smashed away at them and just couldn't just get the goals short. we needed. Yeah. To get yeah, I, I seem to think. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can't remember. I just it's I saw the score from and, my memory. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't know. That's why when I saw, because I was thinking they they there was one of the things I yeah, read. So had lo- the it was last round eighteen twenty sixteen yes. lost yeah. by a goal. Yeah. We we're up. We, we led the first three quarters oh, very narrowly. Yes, now I'm remembering. Yep, and yep. then got beaten. Yeah, uh, oh. in the last quarter when we did not kick a goal, we kicked okay. two points. Oh. Typical. And there was a very, very, very BS deliberate out on the full. I remember in the last quarter that we got rorted on in classic Perth fashion. Yeah, noise of affirmation. <laughs> Correct. Mm. Ironically, one of the umpires in that game was also one of the umpires when we won a few weeks ago. Okay. So could go either way on that one. We won't name him given that I've just called the decision shambolic and disgraceful, but... Well, that let's was. Hope that, uh, he, he, let's hope that he goes for the tiebreaker this time. We actually won the free kicks. Oh no, sorry, that's the hit out. So okay. I'm, I'm an idiot. So pardon me. We only lost the free kicks by three. That okay. Day. Well, that, apparently we had 30 more inside fifties according to D Zephyr. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, 66 to 37 inside fifties. Mm. Uh, that, that was another thing the uh, Nuffy, West Coast Nuffies around me were complaining about. The last game we played them, they had brought in, I think, uh, different uh, umpires. Um, so I think they might have ditched the, the normal West Coast umpires that they have, and they weren't happy about that. And obviously there's a reason they're not happy about it because they're not getting um, an armchair ride. I just the I'm hoping not to have to interact with any of these people given <laughs> yes. the fact that I'm sitting in the middle of all the Melbourne Cheers yeah. quad and hopefully not like sitting in the back row where there'll be some goose standing behind me or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that because I, I don't think I could restrain myself uh, and it's not going to be a Cadinia Park style scenario where I can just wander off somewhere else if I think I'm you know low blow personal sledging someone too much yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to have to exercise an amazing level of restraint at this game, not to uh, abuse somebody. Uh, uh, B man, when are you when are you flying over there? Um, um, I'm, um, well, I might have to. You might have to have uh, intervention, a super Mercado intervention. <laughs> yeah, sort of like a, a flock a, of uh, demons Hannibal getting Lecter. around him and Hannibal Lecter <laughs> <in the laughs> thing with the mask on. <laughs> Putting a human shield around Super Mercado. Yeah, I think so. That'd be good. Army. Like those, the Roman legions where they used to stand around with the shield in like a formation. Uh, <laughs> and this time, but this time it would just be one dickhead in a Phil Reed jumper. Actually, that's a good one. I should, bring, I should do the Phil Reed one for the irony of uh, yes, the, him, him being an Eagles player. That's right. 
Uh, uh, Super Mercado, are you? Um, so you're sitting with? Did you get your tickets through the cheer squad, or you just happened to yes. get seats in there? No, okay. I got I got it through them. So uh, I don't you... know. I've got to go pick it up. I've got to go actually pick up the ticket tomorrow. So then I'll know exactly what part of Section 105 I'm sitting in. Are you um, going to be holding? Are you going to be holding up a Max Gorn uh, head? I'd love to hold up a placard. <laughs> I'd, I'd love to hold up the Sizzle McDonald placard, actually, given that uh, at Demon Blog we were the first people to champion him uh, when he was the 2013 Demon Bracket winner, uh, the first people to really put put Tom into the into the stratosphere. And so he, he, res- to... he responded to you, didn't he, on Twitter? Oh, he lay. He was he was on yeah. fire that year. That's why yeah. he got up because he uh, he was he was really getting into it and. Uh, you know, sizzling up the competition. So people were right into it. Uh, I think in the last couple of years, the players might have been told to, you know, not to, not, not respond. As yeah, much I don't as think they, they, they used to. You don't really see the players responding to, uh, to anything uh, these days. No, I'm not, sure the re- I'm not sure the reply function is being viewed too much. Although at the moment, yeah, it's probably a good time. If you're going to look at, the re- if you're going to look at your replies at any time as a player, uh, as a Melbourne player, the last two weeks would be it. Yes, <laughs> it would be. As opposed to five years ago when, <laughs> you know, the people were just uh, unfairly, I think, uh, hammering players whenever they went near Twitter and then players would bite back and you get players who'd search for their own name and then start fighting with people. It was uh, it was the, the classic intersection of people just discovering what social media was and being an absolutely terrible football club. <laughs> Whereas now everyone's wise to how social media works and we're an improved possibly even good football club. So probably now a good time to check your mentions if you're a Melbourne player. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, B-Man, anything else? Uh, um, yours? No, just the final comment. So 7, I get in 9.15, leave Melbourne at 7.15. I'm not an early person, so that's a bit disastrous for me. But the game itself, I think, same as last week, the critical thing will be our defensive pressure of our running. And I reckon there's a lot of talk about the... Um, uh, Kennedy and um, Darling being our threat, and I really worry about their small forwards. Yeah. I think that's where we're, um, where their scoring is going to come from because I suspect that if we get our pressure right, our running right, our gut running across to cover the um, that kick from 60, 70 metres into the forward line, they won't get the sort of um, you know the silver service uh, delivery that they're used to. And if we can disrupt that a bit, we'll keep them out of it. Um, but it's the Lacroix and Ryan and, and see, I forget the R- other Rioli. Name, but you. Rioli. So Rioli, yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think, um, you know, we've got the, you know, Neville, we've got those smaller players. It's really about that spread. And, um, you know, I think it's the other thing that suits us. It's going to be perfect conditions. The uh, I think we're a side that plays well in good conditions because our game plan so much depends on those short Quick handballs, the quick hands, like the goal from Frost up the middle, yep, the two, yep. three quick handballs, and they're just so hard to do in the wet. So yep. I think it suits us perfectly, that ground. It's yep. also a bit narrow, it was discussed um, in the lead-up to the last time. It's you know, 30 metres narrower than the G, which yep. suits our press. Um, so, you know, I think I'm really looking forward to it. And for me, I'm, I love the fact that uh, we're going to be 2,600 members and... Um, Surrounded by 58,000 booers, mm. they won't know I hit them. <laughs> nah. <laughs> I agree. Imagine, imagine, just like you know, we won there a few weeks ago, but there was always next week. You know, they still yeah. were in the top four. Just imagine the glory if we knock them out. Season over. A, we're going to the grand final. B, they've just lost what they will all think they were absolutely entitled to yep. win. 
that will be it could not be anything but the greatest game I've ever been to, no matter what happens if we win, because it will be 57,000 people booing their guts out because they've unexpectedly lost. Yeah. And it will be absolutely magnificent. Well, that is my dream. I can't even put my head forward to think what would happen the next week. All I want now is that moment of silencing that stadium full of screaming hillbillies. Well, Super Mercado, if you're um, in the um, Shear squad and that happens, speaking of social media, you'll get plenty of social media time. That Shear squad has got more vision on television and in social media than, you know, a television show. The fellow who was um, crocodile clapping, who was on Demonland this week, he uh, yes, <laughs> was talking I about saw his that. crocodile clapping. Um, I'm, I'm hoping there's something outrageous that uh, gets me on TV. <laughs> to make this Birkenwill-style road trip extra worthwhile. <laughs> Birkenwill. I hope it doesn't well, end in the same way. <laughs> well, not for us, at least, anyway. So, good luck, fellas. Uh, and definitely, uh, we should catch up in Perth, and um, um, let's hope that uh, that uh, I have to call in next week. Yes, yes, definitely do. Um, I'll, I'll be... I'll be third row uh, of the same bay you are. I'll be wearing a uh, blue, a blue polo with some red piping. So, uh, <laughs> I'm sure I'll be wearing be... a Melbourne jumper. <laughs> You'll uh, hear me. Yeah, You'll hear me. No Go red legs is, is my call. All right, I'll, I'll listen out for you. All <laughs> no right. worries. Thanks, thanks, Ben. Good on you, fellas. Good luck, and we'll uh, Go maybe legs. we'll catch up. Go red legs. <laughs> yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. All right, that was uh, Dean Lamb poster, Bin Man. Um, hopefully we get to catch up and uh, maybe have a beer after the game. <laughs> Be nice. Uh, what I wouldn't mind doing, and I've got to work out a way to do this without ruining my uh, what will be very vital mobile phone battery, is just audio record the entire game. <laughs> Your battery just will so, be dead. <laughs> just so we've got that, the, you know, the record. Because I actually did this. Um, I was I was doing a um, a radio segment for a friend, uh, and who I was at the Geelong game with, and we we recorded you know the last five or six minutes, and listening back to the roars and all that, I kind of want the reverse. I want the I want the audio of the uh, West Coast people going absolutely tropo. <laughs> well, uh, so I'm I've got to work out that... a way. I can do the whole day. I want the whole day. I want the first bounce. I want to the final siren. I want that audio of everything that happens around me. Well, if you're going to do that, I would take one of those. Uh, uh... Mophies or whatever they're called, those uh, portable <laughs> iPhone batteries or whatever phone you use. Yeah, uh, or, or yeah, bring a bring one of my bring a stunt phone and just use that for that. Yeah, uh, just put it on record and let the battery drain out the whole way. Yeah, well, I'm hoping they've left halfway through the last quarter and we can just enjoy enjoy it. Yep. Who loved the uh, the chance they were waiting for? Um, they were waiting for Nathan Jones to finish up his interview. Uh, the players were waiting to go up the race with him. And the, just the chance of Melbourne, Melbourne. That was fantastic. You didn't like Ooh. that? <laughs> 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 I loved it. I'm oh, sorry. I was waiting for Super Mercado. No, look, it was, it was great. They pointed out on TV tonight, uh, last night that it wasn't as loud as the Collingwood one and that it might be a bit more refined than the Collingwood chant. But uh, everyone's been celeb- everyone apart from Chris Judd has been celebrating <laughs> the fact that supporters are celebrating. I know on 360 tonight, Robbo made it his Wednesday hero or whatever it was, Tuesday matinee thing. Um, 
So everyone's reveling in the fact that we, as a supporter base, have come alive. So in that sense, it's very much like 87 again, I suppose. Well, I'll bring it up now. Hopefully not in all ways. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hopefully it ends a bit uh, more fairy tale style. Um, uh, the, the supporter stereotype, uh, what do you think of that? It has it been done to death. Um, I, I personally have never been to the snow. <laughs> I... Um, you know, I don't go skiing. I don't know any Melbourne supporters really like that that fit that uh, that stereotypical one. Is is there the stereotypical one? We had the there cheese is board last year. They, you know, when the when the camera pans across the members, there's always the MCC. There's yeah. Heaps of people that just look like they're too formally dressed for the footy. <laughs> so then there's a whole bunch of assumptions that go with that, and some of them are true. And but is that is uh, that? But MC- I don't know why people like care about it. Um, yeah, why, uh, what, as as so my brother once rich? pointed out, <laughs> um, we're on a train home from the footy one day yeah. and the train got to South Yarra Station and somebody said, oh, the Melbourne supporters get off here. And the bloke was missing a couple of teeth. Uh, I think he was a Richmond supporter and my brother said to him, the stereotypes are a lot kinder to me than they are you, mate. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that, but that it, and... it went straight over his head. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that and uh, he's got it completely wrong because it's two stops down in uh, in Turak. So uh... Uh, yeah, there's that yeah. too. But uh, yeah, what's wrong with being sort of wealthy and going to the snow and driving <laughs> fancy vehicles around and have you know, teeth? I, I, I kind of feel left out that I'm not loaded, but at the same time, I would rather uh, I'd rather be assumed to be loaded than to take some of the other stereotypes. Now, tell me, are Hawthorne fans supposed to be like a new money version of Melbourne fans? Because I've I've heard before that they're supposed to be, you know, posh and all that. Gee whiz, not the the few that were sitting around us, uh, the the very few that were sitting around us. That was certainly not the Scotch College uh, faction of the Hawthorne cheer squad. And but then you also hear about uh, well, Frio supporters call West Coast supporters like Chardonnay swilling. So are they the the Perth version of a Melbourne supporter. So, mm. Yeah. Well, anyway, the, the, what I, what I get from the people who live in Perth who are Melbourne fans is that West Coast fans are just theatre-goers. Mm. Like, they're just there. They, they kind of go for the pantomime of booing and all that. But then when it, it comes right down to it, they might be fans and they might be relatively passionate, but they just don't have the, you know, the where it, where it gets us in the guts. It's just not there. Um, where, whereas in with every Victorian team, um, at least if not, you know, your Adelaide's and Ports, etc. There's that that core where it really gets you in your gut. Whereas these people are just theatre goers. Um, so I might accuse them of that if needs be on Saturday. Um, before we get into changes or just looking general look at the game ahead, uh, Casey game, did you, any of you boys get to watch that? I sort of watched, uh, last half. Um, yeah, same. I watched no, the last half. There was a couple of ripper sliding rules in that that didn't get paid. Is that because of the weather? Yeah, but the, but the, in, can, in, Comparison to the night before, they were literally sliding through and decking people's legs and every day of the week play on. Uh, So so I watched a bit of that replay and I was, uh, I couldn't believe that uh, the cameraman didn't get out a a wipe 
to wipe the um, <laughs> to wipe the uh, well, lens. I noticed that too. Yeah, yeah I couldn't couldn't view couldn't watch some of it. So uh, it was. Or maybe if you're the director, just don't throw to that camera for yeah. a few seconds while the guy cleans it. Because what happened was it looked that whenever they were on that camera, it looked like it was um, you know gale force not gale force. It just looked like they were in a storm, and then they'd go to the other. Uh, camera and it was like it didn't look as wet uh obviously it had been raining uh during the game but uh yeah they just needed to wipe down that lens because it's well, uh, you got to you got to feel for the vfl broadcasters uh, especially the camera because they've had some absolute shockers this year uh, the VFL, including that game at Williamstown where they had to move to the ground level and film from there because it was actually too dangerous <laughs> for them to be to be up um and you know you poor old Jason Bennett um, just marooned doing all these, uh, you know, B-level games when he's 10 times the caller that Brian Taylor is uh, or Dwayne Russell is, and he's, he's out there in a tent at, uh, you know, North Port Oval with it hammering down, raining. Well, did you hear BT's call of the Melksham goal? Yep. Gee, God, boy, yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, which is kind of the dumbest thing of all time, but for the last couple of days, Every time I think about that goal, I just want to yell out, gee, God, boy, wow. Well, so at least there's some variety catchy. in that rather than, what about that? What about that? What about that? What about that? Or, or no, well, can also, you believe it? Can you believe it? Can you believe it? Yes. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Cannot believe Cannot it. Cannot believe it. Yeah, sorry. I, I which, I'm more, which I'm more into than your, your Dwayne. It, it had more of an air of disbelief, both of them, than... Dwayne would have been like, that's crazy good and it's out of here when the ball lands. Like the Charlie Spargo one, he would have said, that's out of here <laughs> when the ball landed up two centimetres over the goal line. Uh, so for that, I, I can, I'd probably, on the strength of that game, take BT over Dwayne, but I would certainly take Jason Bennett over both of them under any circumstances under the sun. And I'd take BT over Luke Darcy any day of the week. That guy has the uh, smallest yeah. vocabulary of anyone commentating footy. I despise Luke Darcy's commentary, but I will always remember Tom McDonald Eugenius. <laughs> that will always yeah. have a place in my heart that will help. May, and maybe, gee, God, boy, wow, will uh, will have a similar place in my heart one day. Uh, did you see the Did you see the, the uh, roaming Brian? Yes. I was going to bring that up, bring that up. I, I love Clary's uh, <laughs> Clary's. Well, he, he, kind of, he kind of rolled Clary because. At first, he was trying to be all cool and, you know, playing it down. And then when BT's like, he asked, oh, you used to be a Brisbane fan. And so, oh, how did you know that? And yeah. he was loving it. So I was like, yeah. oh, you, got, you got stitched up there by, <laughs> you got roped into paying attention to that. I like Craig Jennings, where he came around the corner and he's like, oh, is Craig Jennings. He's looking happy. And Craig just like gave him the death stare, <laughs> which to be fair, he gives to everybody. Yeah. Like he, I don't think I've ever seen him, him emote at all uh, in any shot that's ever ha- happened, um, including, as as you might remember, the Adelaide game when Goodwin gave him a celebratory ruffle around the head and he looked like he was... Slapped uh, him. <laughs> yeah, he looked like he was gravely offended <laughs> rather than joining in the celebrations. So, and he also he, he also loves a search of his own name on Twitter. So if you want to, uh, if you want to get Craig's attention, uh, just drop his name on Twitter, uh, obviously all for good reasons at the moment. But he's becoming quite a an online cult figure for his stone cold demeanour. All right, um, he uh, this whole roaming Brian. Uh, he 
Did he go into the toilets at one stage or was that the ice bathroom or something? He went he into the, the ice baths in the massage. and was in there the and, uh, with Crossy. Um, yeah, I thought Crossy didn't have any pants on at first. Uh, but then <laughs> yeah. he, was, he was certainly um, standing back and trying to, trying to uh, stay very level to the water. But maybe that, maybe that was just uh, you know, the hope that TV was just going to go wildly off chops and something ridiculous was going to happen. I thought it was very interesting that they um, went to the girl who weighs everyone. Um, I wasn't aware that they did that. I, I, having a think about it, I, I sort of can understand why they do it. They want to sort of keep track of of things, and you know. But uh, it's interesting that um, you know, interesting. What did he ask her? Control. What, you, what, what did, did he ask her? He said, what are she you the was? masseuse? Or do they come to? Is that what he asked? Oh, he I got could, it wrong. Whatever he said to her. Yeah, and then she was saying. I think I think he wanted to try and get some proprietary information from her. <laughs> he asked if she was something else, and yeah. she's like, "No, yeah. I'm taking she's like, weight." You're kidding, aren't you? Yeah, I actually found it but quite then, amusing. Yeah, he started uh, to ask who lost the most weight. She yeah. said, "You've got to be kidding me." Yeah, he's not going <laughs> to give that information. Yeah, not but give that out. It's worth pointing out. Caro pointed out on the Footy Classified last night, and Robbo mentioned it again tonight. Uh, two weeks in a row, the clubs had an open media session yep. where every single player has been available, and we've seen a heap of stories come out of that. That's where the um, the Vanders story, uh, which we talked about last week, came from. And every uh, day in the paper, there's been yarns. So big pat on the back to the club for that because uh, it's great for the media and it's great for the supporters in turn. Yeah. Um, you get access and you get information that you wouldn't otherwise get, such as that Vandenberg story, which was uh, which was just so incredible. And so I, well done. Yeah, and I think they've been very good on social media. They're yep. uh, posting a lot of content, which is great, uh, years and years ago. And part of the reason why Demonland exists is because there was nothing online and there was no content from the club. And uh, obviously in this day and age, there's going to be more. And But their, their whole... Uh, last couple of weeks in finals has been fantastic and yep. a lot of content. They're engaging with people. Uh, you know, I asked a question, they answer. You know, they it's it's been really really good. So uh, well, I guess they're just having fun. Yeah, once. Yeah, yeah. Which which <laughs> you know, even even six weeks ago, you would have had you would have been the Melbourne social media person and you would have been opening the feed and it would have been people yeah. complaining about one thing or the other. Whereas now it's just absolute uh, you know carnival atmosphere. Yeah. The only time they were under the pump was that first day the finals went, the finals tickets went down. I thought they did a brilliant job of explaining to people yeah. that, it, that it wasn't their fault without yeah, just yeah. throwing the white flag up. They were very good about the instructions and what to do and everything. So good on them because I'm sure, look, I'm sure it's not the same people. I know there are, there are certainly people who are there in the darkest days of the social media team who have moved on to bigger and better things now. Uh, but they, they certainly deserved to, um, you know, to, to have the time to do some cool stuff and to know people are really looking at them in a positive light instead of just waiting for a club post to come up so they can slaughter it. I remember end of 2013, I reckon it was, they, they put the team changes up and they attached the wrong photo. <laughs> and they attached a photo of an Ikea TV unit. <laughs> <laughs> How does that happen? And it is to my eternal like disappointment that maybe it's in my Twitter feed somewhere. I'm, maybe I put it on Twitter at the time. 
but that I don't have a screenshot of it because it was like, yeah, oh, our team's in for round 23. Check it out here and here's the link. And then it was just, you know, the Kerschplatten or something, TV unit. So I, I guess of the things you could, uh, you know, accidentally attach as a photo, it wasn't the worst thing. Yeah. Um, but it was just, yeah, at that point of, tw- it was either 2012 or 2013 when we were in the rock bottom stages, it was kind of like, yeah, that pretty much says it all about the way we're going at the moment. It's like it's like when they had member appreciation week and a guy won a prize and he wasn't there. <laughs> and then instead of just redrawing it, they're like, oh, we'll, we'll just give him a call. Yeah. And it's like, well, hold on. Why don't you redraw the prize for those of us who are here watching us lose to Adelaide by 80 points? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> anyway, my my history with member appreciation days is a bit better in the last two years than it uh, than it was in the years before that. Um, there was the one where I came randomly out of the hat, and, uh, got to go on the ground and be given a jumper by Luke Tapscott. That was the Adelaide one as well, actually. Uh, they, they, everyone who'd been to every game for the year went in the went in the ballot, uh, and I was one of the ones randomly picked out to go on ground before the game, and each. Each of us, 22 of us, got a player, gave us a jumper and said, thanks for coming. And mine was Luke Tapscott, so I've still got that in the collection the collection here. Uh, and then they merrily turned around and went, to, went out and lost to Adelaide by about 70. Yeah. Well, there you go. So um, that was, I, I felt appreciated, at least at the start, <laughs> before the game, not as much once the game finished. Uh, well, someone tried to call us a moment ago. If you do want to, I hope I it was know. Craig Jennings. No, yeah, it was. <laughs> no. uh, if you do want to call us uh, back, um, give us a call back. Uh, I think they rang once and hung up, but uh, could have been a um, could have been a, a telemarketer, which also could have been fun. <laughs> so, if you are a telemarketer, uh, call us back. Um, so, the Casey game. Can you see anyone uh, from that that might be knocking on the door? Uh, Vince made his return, um, played an all right game. You think, uh, I don't think this week, but can you see him coming back in or, you, you know, no. No, we, we, we no, can't no, have not, Vince without, Lewis. not without someone yeah. forcibly it's going It's going to be in. hard to make changes to a winning side. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the ones I'm... that's been mooted is a potential Joel Smith in, Tyson out, and Fritch comes up to... Um, plays further up the field, but yeah, it'd be a risky, risky move, wouldn't it, to tinker with yeah. a, um, a winning I'm combination? And still sus on Tyson, and that's probably the best theory uh, of them all, the one you've just outlined there. But I don't know. Yeah, I'll, I must do think you just got to let it roll now. If everyone's fit, um, just let the same team roll, and and whatever happens happens, and let's not look back in a week's time if it all goes wrong and say, oh, we should have done that and we yeah. should have done this. Let's just go with the same team, um, and then, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we're going with the same team again a week later. <laughs> That's good. Uh, we do have a caller on the line. Good evening. You're on the air. Oh, hi guys. How are you going? Um, I'm Javoni. Sorry, what was your name? It's uh, Gironi, or Adrian's my name, but no, no, oh. Gironi on the forum. Um, I'm from Adelaide. Oh, but, but a demon supporter. Uh, so, 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 yeah, demon supporter, obviously, like, for a long time, um, and I listen to your podcast most weeks and do enjoy it. So, oh, thank you. I, thought, I just wanted to ask one question if that was okay. Of course. Um, just with the West Coast game this week, um, I'm a bit worried about the whole Kennedy-Darling match situation and... I know, I think there's a stat that they're 11 and 0 when they play this year. And obviously, you know, Frosty and Oscar have done great jobs this year. But 
do we need extra support back there this week to combat that combination, or do we need to have a different setup to do with that? Um, I mean, I know they've done well. I think Frosty struggled a bit Friday night with a couple of situations, but and Oscar's been solid. But do we need more support, or do we need to maybe use Hibbo as um, an extra a, a third man situation as well? I wasn't sure what you guys thought about that. Well, I'd love to have Lever, but obviously that's not a that's not an option. <laughs> me too. Me too. Um, uh, boys, uh, you want to tackle that one? Uh, I think the only other option would be Joel Smith, or, or unless you do play Hibbert yeah. uh, in that. But yeah, but then I guess you've got to bring someone else to pop out for him as well. I guess yeah. that's the issue as well. Yeah, I, I think that if anything, that's the best theory. But and I do see a hundred percent where you're coming from. Just sticking that one yeah. athletic defender in the mix down there um, could help. But I guess yeah. um, unlike, you know, Kevin Sheedy dropping people for a grand final, I just haven't got the uh, fortitude to, to go for the big change yeah. at this point, rightly I'm or wrongly. So yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't start a picket line if that did come out as the change. But personally, I would just roll with what we've got yeah. now. What we've got and just hope for the best. And I remember last time, I think the two Indigenous boys, Rioli and... Um, the other guy, I forget his name, but right. um, they did quite well as well. So uh, there's obviously a few issues to be aware of. But um, I'm sort of quietly confident about this week. My wife and I came to the game last Friday, and we loved it over there. Um, always loved going to the G and watching the boys play. And uh, obviously it was a great result. So I'm sort of, I think it, as the previous caller, Bin Man said, it's probably a 50-50 game. And we might need a bit of lady luck on our side with a few things as well. But fingers crossed um, the boys can get the job done, um, obviously. Yeah, I'd love that. Uh, are you making another trip? It's only halfway. Unfortunately, uh, no, no. I've got my um, sister. I've got a family birthday this weekend, which I unfortunately committed to. So, um, otherwise, we've probably got the car and just driven over there probably today or tomorrow for the game. But yeah. um, unfortunately, can't make this one. But um, hopefully, the boys get through, and we'll try. Obviously, try and get over next week. A big one, but um, obviously, first things first. Yeah. Trying to beat the Eagles, but um, we'd love to go. But wish you guys all the best. Um, Thank you. Um, hope you have a good time and uh, cheer out for us. And we will. Uh, definitely, hopefully, you'll come home with smiles on your faces. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully. Otherwise, uh, next week's going to be a very somber uh, podcast. Oh, but, no, uh, <laughs> no. I, I, I'm, I'm still on cloud nine. I just want to keep being on this cloud and I just know. enjoy the ride. And, and just and just see so many more supporters at the game last week. Just it's really it was just amazing to see. and. Even though it was a Hawthorne home game, so to speak, just yeah. to see so much red and blue cheering, oh, we'll it's just, so, it just really um, pleasing to see and considering what we've been through in previous years as well. But um, no, I love the show and um, keep Thanks, up the good work as well. Thank you, appreciate that. Thanks. No worries. Have a good night. Cheers. You, you too. Um, yeah, I hope we can do something next year. Uh, you know, I hope we can turn this support that we've had, this overwhelming support we've had, into some new memberships next year. Um, no doubt. I, I think the club's got to be club's got to be really uh, creative in in trying to um, you know convert those that have come um, into into members for next year. And I know, look, a premiership's the one thing that can really boost that. But the success, even if we bow out next week, um, it'd be great if they can somehow sort of turn uh, that that membership uh, that uh, support into membership next year because there's got to be and and i hope you know we've seen on demon land this week a lot of people are coming on joining demon land looking for barcodes well there's one surefire way to get a barcode and that's uh forking out some some dollars and look people not everyone can afford it but if you can um you know 
that's how you get a barcode and hopefully we can have some success. Now, uh, our caller uh, mentioned that um, uh, that wasn't our home game. And there's a couple of things I, t- I took uh, took down, I noticed about that. The, their announcer <laughs> was terrible. I, I think, I don't know if I'm just biased. Just for, screamed. He just screamed. Yeah, um, I don't he know. He had the most irritating voice, and it was it was it was at wine level, and it just it was just so persistent. He didn't shut up. No, uh, I mean I don't like the whole that whole thing anyway. But gee, he made Robbo look like a professional well, sort of compare. I think you have and to have that though. It, it was just so irritating that yeah. voice. I think you have to have something, so you need that. You can't just not have a, a compare. But he was also, uh, I didn't like, <laughs> like the way he talked about Melbourne and Melbourne supporters. I, I don't know. There was just something about him. But... Uh, surely you can come up with something better than let's look at the people who are walking into the stadium. Yeah, I didn't I like mean, that. <laughs> I didn't and like and that. how was it late, Cam, when people are inside the stadium that and was the game that. still hasn't started uh, yet? That was that. That was that time where it was that late, that Cam. Was... What, what about when they had the, uh, the people in the tubes yeah. rolling along? <laughs> And they yeah. had Campbell Brown as one of the celebrity contestants, and they asked him, oh, how are the Hawks going to go? And he goes, oh, I think they'll be serviceable. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was like he had a moment in his head where he had, he got a, he had a conflict between being an ex-Hawthorne player and, and being a broadcaster. Being honest. And yeah. he just like went halfway down the middle because he obviously <laughs> thought they were going to lose. Yeah. He goes, oh, I reckon they'll be serviceable. <laughs> it, was just, it was just crap. And I, we had it the week before where it was our advantage. Um, but I think that, you know, they, they really should just treat all these games as neutral and they can still do all that crap. They can still have people kicking a 50-metre drop punt into a bucket like they did at the Geelong game. Um, but well, why not take the club stuff out of it? And, you know, fireworks going off. Oh, well, that's, the, I'm going to talk about that too. It was just so chintzy. Like, it was just like, ugh. You know, it really, it was creepy. Like, I hate that stuff where, it's, you know, they treat the game like a bloody minor league baseball game. Um, well, I think our, our entertainment... Except for the one, the one horrific week where we bought in match the emoji um, before it was dropped. Our entertainment is, for me, it's not for me, but it's at an acceptable level where it's not ridiculous to people who aren't there for chintzy entertainment. It just yeah. does its job, gets the kids happy, gets people dancing every once in a while, and moves on. Whereas this was just like, hey, look at us. We're a massive club. We've got fireworks and we've got, you know, Campbell Brown saying we're serviceable and the like, like it just, it was just, yeah, it was just try hard basically to, to use the classic nineties term. Um, uh, the, the fireworks. Oh, 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 I'll go back. Why not do, why not choose if you, I know the whole home game thing, but why not just have a compare of a, you know, have Robbo and this guy and do it together because you've got two teams that are in the finals. I don't, this whole home game thing, I don't know about. Anyway. Uh, I think it's the, ridiculous. And obviously this week we'll be getting the full oh, Eagles uh, pre-match oh, yeah, what, what have we got to look forward you, to there? You have got to look forward to a live Eagle that gets released uh, from the top <laughs> of the scoreboard, does a circle of the ground. So you're on the, you're on the, field, you're on the lower level, so you're not going to have it uh, almost take out your head. Uh, but it, it, it goes around sort of the front couple of rows of the top level of the stand and does a circle, almost uh, clipping people's heads as it goes along and then gets to the other scoreboard and land, then turns into the middle of the field and lands on the on a thing in, you know, <laughs> it just lands on this uh, plinth in, in the middle of the um, middle of the ground. So uh, that's the, what you've got to look forward to. 
the people who have seen this 11 times this year already will still gasp in wonderment that it's like the most amazing thing they've ever seen. And, oh, my God, it, the, it might hit someone as it flies past. Yeah, yeah. And there's a, <gasps> you know, <gasps> and you just hit anyone in the I'm, past. I'm just waiting for, like, I don't know if you're familiar with The Simpsons when <laughs> when they let go of a, an eagle and it just flies off. I'm waiting for that. <laughs> or attacks some yeah. um, kid in the stand. And uh, Yeah, I hope it goes rogue. A, a Hogan's Heroes <laughs> moment. <Yeah. laughs> Just drops a big, you know, eagle-style turd on someone in the middle of the ground or something. Yeah. That'd be great. So you got that. They also, instead of a banner, um, they come out of an inflatable eagle's mouth or something yes. like that. And uh, the guy who I was sitting next to hated it because Nick Nat always hits his head on it as he goes through. Yeah, because the beak is very droopy yes. over the front of it. So it's going to take someone's eye out. Um, so is that and then there's just like a guard of honour of people waving flags, but it's not kids. It's like adults. It's like it's almost like, did you see last week where they had the Hawthorne people waving the flags around the yes, ground? yep, yep. For about an hour. The guy's arm near me. At so one tight. point, the announcer goes, give them a hand. It's a big night for them too. <laughs> like, do you people not follow a team that's won four premierships? Like, surely people aren't weeping in joy when they get the phone call to come and gingerly wave a flag around for 45 minutes before a game. It was absolutely remarkable, the whole thing. Like, it was just a disgrace. Yeah, if we won four premierships, I'd just be bringing out the premiership cups every week. Exactly. <laughs> Wave that flag around. Yeah. Uh, what did you say? It's a uh, so, um, Grape Viney, um, if, uh, an Americanisation, yes. Uh, no, just I, I'm trying to picture what the Weagles come out of because it's one of those blow-up things, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. It's sort yep. of an inflatable yeah. thing they come out of and then and they've got a whole lot of cheerleaders sort of around it. So it is yep. very Americanised and then – once the players are out on the field, it's the cheerleaders who are the ones who have to deflate and stand on it to get all the air out of it. It's uh, quite amusing. Eh? <laughs> Very good. So, uh, yeah, you got that to look forward to. Uh, and then just a lot of, um, you know, local, uh, you know, patting on the back and stuff like that. Um, what are we do? What are we So, uh, oh, fireworks. Yes. Um, I noticed... That for their last goal, um, which was sort of late, they could, didn't do the fireworks. So I want to know. Ten, I think. It so was, it's not no, even like they it got was, ten. It was number nine. It, no, it wasn't like they oh, had. Oh they no, they kicked nine. How many did they kick I in think, the end? I think there was nine fireworks, and then one where yeah. it didn't blow. So, so you would have, yeah, one where it didn't. So they did nine fireworks. The tenth one there wasn't. So you would think. Did they run out of fireworks or did they give up? Had they conceded at that point and thought, well, we're not going to waste money on another firework. We'll save yeah. it for another day. The, the fireworks um, technician was probably ready to go and he just got the phone call. The phone rang, nah, don't nah. bother Keith. Because nah, you wouldn't. We're, we're off here, save money. If you only had a certain amount, you would have bought 10, not nine, unless they came in lots of three. <laughs> well, they were obviously expecting a low scoring game if they only were going to have nine things to go off like what if they kicked 25 goals because i'm sure if they kicked 25 goals and thrashed us there would have been 25 fireworks i'm positive oh, i would have been blowing up like the apocalypse now <laughs> yeah but it didn't so bad and like, and then when they won they would have let all the rest that they didn't use off so <laughs> um yeah and then just be, take, just drag them back blank. to the melbourne storm go there ahead should just be a blanket ban on extra curricular activities between goals I went to the St Kilda Melbourne game at Eddie had their home game earlier in the year and they played blaring, horrible 
music every time they kicked a goal and now we've had the fireworks. You should not be able to do any of that stuff between goals. It's just ridiculous. Gold Coast's jaunty trumpet salute whenever they <laughs> kick a goal, which I know is a rare occasion, so you might not be in front of mind, but uh, they, play the, they play the little uh, bit from their theme song every time there's a goal. Um, and, and Geelong, I noticed Geelong got rid of. When we beat them there a few years ago, they had a noise after every goal that was like a, it was it was supposed to be a cat, but it was kind of just really crap roar. But it was like it was kind of like a crap panther or something rather than a cat. <laughs> and someone who may have you know I don't know how they knew this, but they suggested that it was exactly the same soundbite that's in a very popular poker machine. <laughs> Which caused me to question and ask them if they were all right and uh, whether they needed any help. Because why you would know that, <laughs> I'm not sure. So uh, back to uh, no changes um, expected. Fireworks out and <laughs> no fireworks. No, no change. I'm just trying to think if they had anything extra there. I don't think so. But um, banners we'll out. They, they they had one of those. Uh, they did. I think it was at half time. Maybe they had one of those kicking for goal. Uh, competitions and they had a kid, you know, kicking and he was meant to kick it from 15 and they, oh, we'll bring you into five metres out so you can't miss type of thing. Uh, yep. Um, uh, so no changes. We're not expecting any unless there's injuries. Um, uh, well, uh, any – who do you think is going to match up on, uh, on the two big uh, forwards? Um, who's going to take who? Super Mercado? I'd say okay. Frost on Kennedy. Yep. Frost on Kennedy, yep. yep. And why not? Let's send Oscar to Darling again to give him a memory of the time he was knocked out. Yeah, we've got to remember that, that Darling didn't basically, but neither of them played the last time we played them. Yes. Uh, so Darling but was Jack out Viney quite early. Jack didn't play either. And that's right, so Jack Viney's worth 10. That's uh, something coming the other way, so yes. let's just stop the damn ball from getting to them in the first place. Yeah. Um... All right, so uh, any other? Well, Harms will probably take Yo. Um, or Shuey, yep. Or Shuey. Um, any other matchups we need to be cons- that we need to think about? Gaff will probably run on and punch Brasher in the head. <laughs> just for the sake of it. Because apparently you can have 19 men on the field these, in the Yeah, what, what, did you think of, what, days. what did you think of that whole... Uh, Oh, what happened twice? That's the most ridiculous thing. It happened in the Nefal as well. Yeah. Like, where does where does this come from? There hasn't been a head count since about 1999, <laughs> and then there was two in a week. But, uh, was it? I deliberate? think once you once you're taking four points off a team for the next season, it's a um, you know it's a fair indication that they did something bad enough in the game itself that you probably should have taken action there. Yeah. Well, just all you need to do to judge your reaction is put Melbourne in that situation. And imagine we lost a preliminary final. Uh, the team's had a um, player on the ground for under five minutes, but they've scored one goal, two in that time. Um, eight points. The margin was five points. Staggeringly, absolutely staggeringly, the SANFL, instead of dealing with it themselves and getting a proper ruling here, um, palmed it off to an independent one-man tribunal. He said that the... Uh, he said that the appropriate outcome should have been to replay the game, but it wasn't in his power to yeah. call for that, so he couldn't do it. So the um, the uh, result stands, and Woodville West Torrens miss North Adelaide go through, and they cheated. It is absolutely staggering. 
I'm surprised that Woodville West Torrance haven't taken out an injunction. Yep. Uh, I'm surprised, as someone else said, I think Daisy Cutter in the thread today, that um, North Adelaide don't just concede the game, um, which would be the sportsman thing to do, um, because the result is compromised. So it's absolute farce what's going on over there. So there's different so, there's different rules for AFL and uh, what happens in the sample, but uh, is the AFL where you lose your entire score? If it gets caught at the time, I think I it has the, the captain, the opposing yeah. captain, has to call for a head count for that to happen. Yeah, and I think it's. But the you same also have to have got in, past the interchange infringement to get to that point. Because if you have the interchange infringement and they pick it up there, that you get the free kick paid against you, and yes, sort of fifty from wherever the ball was as well. So I don't see under those circumstances unless something really bizarre happened. I don't see you could accidentally have too many people on the ground. The problem with deducting the part of the score which was scored when the 19th player was on is that at the time, you don't know the exact time that the player's been on for. When did he come on and when did he come off? Um, well, I think so that's all in going a, to know, an automatic video that's all things. You can't sort it out until later. So did they actually have a head count? Yeah. I'm taking uh, a no, because no, wouldn't that have no. wouldn't that have Yeah. Because there's ripping footage I saw it of a 1975 um sample game that I saw this week, ironically, before this even happened. Um, where a, they called a head count and players were just like r- trying to run off the ground and the umpire was trying to like round them up like he was rounding up cattle to make sure that they didn't run off the ground. No, and sneak Because they only, they only had one too many, and about six of them were just trying to bolt off the ground and down the yeah. race <laughs> so that they got away with yeah. it. Like, it was magnificent viewing. <laughs> but, and now, obviously, now they just pull the footage up. out and go bang, 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 there's your nine teams. Um, but, but the question is, if you called a head count, can you go to the video umpire on the head count and pull the field up and pick everyone out? Otherwise, you, you do end up in the same situation where they can't decide it on the day and then you end up with the, the league squibbing their decision afterwards. I think uh, the mistake that, the, that uh, the Eagles made was that they alerted officials on the bench to it when what they needed to do was obviously get a message out to the captain to say, yeah. call for it. Yeah. I think they, they have gone an administrative route yeah. rather than the technical uh, rule book route, and it's absolutely cost them. It's staggering for that to happen in this day and age. Yeah, uh, I think they should have at least had that uh, one goal, two taken off them, and then that's uh, and then the, that's the, the result. Uh, yep. Yeah, and then the results. Uh, yeah. All right, but that's that's that. Uh, let's hope we're never involved on the wrong end of one of those things because that would be frustrating uh, to lose a game like that or to have a game lost because of that. Um, grand final ballot. Um, they're forcing us to do it this week. Uh, how does that, uh, Great Viney, how does that uh, sit with your um, superstitions? Um, no, I'm fine with that. That, yeah. uh, that doesn't bother me. And I'd rather let's get all the, um, you know, get all the administrative chinks out of the system now before uh, the panic of grand final week so I'm fine so you, you've well, got, you've got a, a you've got a premium membership by the same as me so we as long yeah. as we put, go into this ballot tomorrow uh, we'll, we can be all right we're not guaranteed where we're going to sit basically uh, super Mikado, what's your situation 
Yeah, I'm I'm the priority one as well. It yeah. just um yeah, it, it's I know it's four hours tomorrow, but I've got great tension about something happening uh, and stuffing up and missing out on that four hours. It reminds me, you were saying The Simpsons earlier when Bart Simpson's running for class president. And he forgets to no vote. And, he forgets, and he, forgets to, he forgets to vote. It's like I'll be sitting there all day, oh, I got my guaranteed grand final yeah. ticket, and it'll be like, ah, oh, 12.05. Oh, yeah. shit. Yeah. One for um, Martin, so, two for Martin. Yeah, correct. <laughs> I, I demand a recount. That's I always liked in that one how they had um, he had the newspaper that says Prince defeats Simpson. I always wanted to beat West Coast when we had Harry O. <laughs> So that we could bring out Prince defeat Simpson, and it never happened. So uh, I, he might he might come back this week. Although I guess his uh, anti Nathan Buckley crusade is probably uh, at its lowest ebb at yeah. the moment. So we, we might not hear from uh, Heretier this week about anything. So I feel for uh, I mean, there's going to be members that go into this ballot, and uh, look, obviously we've got to win this week. But if if we do, and uh, there's going to be members that put their name in and don't get a ticket. But what I don't, what I find strange is that again, for the, every week this of the finals, my daughter's sixty dollar ceremonial kids membership mm-hmm. has had an email because it's got one of my email addresses as her email address, saying here's your barcode so you can get two finals tickets. And now this week, she's got one to say you're you can go in the level three ballot. It's, so it's like, why could, why do you let that even into the ballot? Because I could put that in. I'm not going to um, because, one, I don't want to somehow suddenly lose $800 off my credit card and then have to find someone to flog the ticket to later uh, at cost price if you're listening, uh, police. Um, <laughs> but also because it's just immoral, the idea that I could take that ticket. And it would go at the absolute cost price to a Melbourne fan who deserved it. But I can see other people uh, pulling a dodgy if her name just happened to come out of the hat if I put it in the ballot. Um, but it's just bizarre to me that you've got this whole final series, you've got three game members who their priority is higher than normal members. Um, and a couple of Collingwood fans I know, actually quite uh, two separate groups of Collingwood fans I know, one work, one real life, who pay enormous money for their memberships and couldn't get tickets. Uh, As in all for this week? Three game members and... Anzac Day members and stuff like that um, have also gone into the ballot or also been able to buy tickets for the for the this week's game uh, and they haven't been able to do it. It's almost like they just want to stack the biggest crowd possible and they don't care who the tickets actually go to as long as somebody's buying them and they get their 90 plus thousand crowd rather than doing what they're doing for the grand final. And even then I think it's dodgy that a kid's membership even gets a start in the ballot. Um, but to tear it off and make sure that the premium members get tickets before then, you know, you're, you're 22 game members, then you're 11 game members and so on and so forth. Um, so that your three game members aren't put at this stage of the season up on the same level as mm. real supporters. No offense to three game members, but yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I do. Um, do pet memberships get anything? <laughs> Pro- probably. Everyone else does. My, dog, my dog's going to the footy. <laughs> When the when the four year old kid membership um, gets a start, that it's just staggering. I could not believe that on the weekend, even for the West Coast game. You know, I was entitled to buy one ticket on her on her um, her membership number. So it's uh, it's bizarre. They definitely need to look at it next year um, because yeah, this Collingwood Richmond game. You know, there's there's so many. You've got to expect that if you're a fan of these clubs, you're you're going to be in a, a much more competitive race to get the tickets. 
but I'd be bleeding if I knew that I paid $800, $900 for a membership and I, I couldn't get one um, versus someone who'd had a three-game membership. And I must say, I'd like to apologise to Collingwood for uh, for being sour about them not keeping the prelim in Melbourne because I actually decided midweek that I'd rather spend over $1,000 and not have the stress of dealing with Ticketek <laughs> and trying to get into a game of that kind of uh, interest than joining in that Royal Rumble yesterday where I think the tickets went out in an hour and a half. So, so are you saying you think that uh, like premium-type memberships should get, in just a normal final, should get uh, sort of a, a like they're doing for a the priority. grand final or priority? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and look, there's only so many... There's only so many brackets you can have, so you might have to tier. You know, might yeah, have to yeah. have a few tiers, but it just seems to me bizarre. And if, and also it helps stagger it, which, as we know, Ticket Tech is not a big fan of staggering mm. the games and actually helping their computer system not yeah. explode. So that would help stretch it out a bit further. But I just think it's you know bizarre that a kids membership uh, yeah. is offering even a spot in the grand final ballot. I, I think that's staggering. Um. Uh, are we competing with any other team? Oh, obviously, uh, Richmond and West Coast did their grand final ballots, I think, last week. So when are Collingwood uh, doing it? We're not, I hope we're not... Uh, it'll be a different... Yeah, a day. Presumably even, a different, even this uh, one's bracketed. Yeah. Well, that yeah, that's true. Uh, did you see there was a... And I don't know if this was a joke, or but they're on eBay today. There was a ticket to the uh, Richmond-Collingwood game... Uh, Listed for twenty three thousand dollars. Yeah, I did see that. <laughs> so I, I saw two. Sorry for forty forty six thousand dollars. So it might have been part of the same gag. Oh, maybe but... it's uh, yeah. So it is a gag, or we don't know because <laughs> I'm uh, not paying. Yes, there was certainly ones on there gag. for a thousand. Real, oh, real life ones. Thousand, for a thousand. thousand. I can see, um, but twenty three thousand. That's um, yeah. That's uh, going a bit overboard. Well, and, and correct. So the grand final, you're legally not allowed to scalp the ticket, but I'm not sure if that actually counts for the other finals as well. I don't think it does. I reckon it might just be the grand final. So they probably need to look at that as well. Mm. Interesting. All right. Um, that's the ballot out of the way. Um, only other yes, thing. Just I... For God's sake, don't forget. Can you like write, send me a tweet or something yeah, well, at like you know eleven a.m. or something to just to, to make say, sure have, you have you, you got awake? your have you entered your ballot today? No, I'm not. I, well, I'm. I don't know what I'm going to have to write things on my arm, memento style. I don't know if you're familiar with that movie. Um, and I don't. Uh, I've set two alarms. Um, yeah, um, if I miss this, because uh, it's not just me. I've got my whole family's worth of tickets yep. on the line here, and I'll, 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 I'll it. be. I'll, it doesn't really matter if you do it any time between 8 and 12. Yeah, but if yeah. I'm upright and near an internet-connected device at 8, I'm doing it because you never know what oh, might happen oh, after that. I'm, I'm doing it at 8. <laughs> it's, yep. it's not, uh, there's no other time. I'm not waiting till 11.59 to, uh, to do it. Um, and the good news is you get to give Ticketek five dollars. Oh yes, that that too. I, I'm still, administrative fee. It's all online. Yeah. Like, come on, they've got a computer program that's going to randomly select things. It's a different. How much was, does it? How much does it cost to put a Commodore sixty four on? Yeah, it's the same thing. I have the same thing with paying a handling fee for for movie tickets that I am buying online. I'm not. They're not. They don't have to hire someone to take my ticket order. 
I'm, I'm buying a ticket and then I'm printing out the ticket on my printer using my ink and my paper and then they charge you a $2 uh, fee for that. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Um, uh, the only other thing I've got in our notes, uh, the Demon Brownlow invites. Uh, were you surprised by any of the names? Um, uh, Jones, Viney, I assume captains uh, get an invite regardless of uh, the season they've had. Um, and then uh, it's Oliver and uh, Maxi, who you would expect. But Jake Milkstrom was the other name on the list. Um, yeah. and, and he's had some good numbers with some of the inside 50 stuff and all that. But I would have thought maybe on uh, T-Mac or Brayshaw had yep. limited yep. games, obviously we know. But uh, I would have thought one of those two. But I guess it doesn't really matter <laughs> in the end. I'm surprised they even put it out there like that's that's just 24 hour media side oh yeah well that's yeah that's <laughs> just just that's just gap filling just to make sure that no one thinks about you know soccer or rugby <laughs> exactly. league or anything for a few minutes so and i must say you know i was roped straight in first thing i'm like yep got to see the melbourne ones are of course <laughs> uh, it's more to fun distract you from the changes that they're sweeping all. through as we speak <laughs> What's that? They distract us from AFLX. Yes, uh, I think yeah. maybe. Where is the AFLX Brownlow? Where Jake Milksham was the, uh, the <laughs> yes. greatest well, I was gonna, player. Maybe this is why he's got the. Uh, yes. This is why I got the invite. They've taken into account his. They're going to give him AFL an award. X form. Well, T Mac. Well, Tommy Mac had a good series too. Yes, didn't he? yes, he did. <laughs> T Mac got buried by future uh, Melbourne legend Braden Pruce in a tackle in that in one of those AFLX games. So. Let's, we, they could come back together in a tearful reunion when Braden comes to be our uh, backup well, so for some reason. We we haven't uh, we haven't had much time to sort of talk about um, trades. Usually this time of year, we're all we're into the oh, trades oh, fully. Yeah, we're into the delisting. Uh, yeah, we're exactly, uh, and that'll be in a future episode in the next couple of weeks. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, did you? Uh, what do you think? You think he's on the radar? You think that's just media beat up? I see why we'd want him, but I don't see why he'd want to come to yeah, us. Yeah, he'd want a sort of a number one. Well, not that I think he'd probably get that anywhere, but yeah, I, I just don't see why. Like, if his problem is that he's stuck behind Todd Goldstein, why not either a go somewhere completely different or wait for like one more season until Todd Goldstein retires, mm. rather than come to Melbourne where Max Gorn's got like nine years left in his career? It's I don't understand it, but maybe maybe with the the rule changes, they've got some master plan for a double ruckman experience next year. Perhaps, but, he, but then again, you're already going to now try and have to fit, fit McDonald, Hogan, and Wiedemann into a forward line. Exactly. We can't have a resting ruckman down there as well. No, uh, perhaps he lives Cranbourne way and wants to be closer to um, closer to his uh, the ground that he plays at. Because that's where I think he'd be playing for most of the year, yeah. barring injuries. Well, like I said, it's good for us. Like, we could do with a backup, but it's yeah. going to have to be a backup yeah. who understands, knows their role, mm. which is to sit in the twos all year, <laughs> yeah. unless unless you know, something happens to Max. So, in, ca- in case of emergency, you know, break glass. <laughs> yeah, break Bruce. <laughs> uh, are, we out of, are we out of the gaff picture? Is, is that dream over? Were we ever in it? Uh, <laughs> or was that media? Well, according to ProD, he yeah. said he had some pretty good intel from a well-connected either player manager or someone in the player manager sphere yeah. uh, that said we are out of the gaff picture, yes. That we are out. All right. Yep. I was hoping you would That it's either going to be North, 
or stay. Hmm. Well, hopefully I wonder he's watching. if the, the Biff kind of is, is he was always, he was going to go and then he kind of feels he has to repay them. So he ends up staying with them now. Mm, yeah, possibly. And it actually turns out to be a good thing for West Coast in the end because they get him for five more years instead of one final series. Yeah. All right. Either well, way, just if you see him in the crowd when you're at the game on Saturday, just uh, duck and cover. <laughs> yes. It'll be punchy. All right. Well, uh, anything else, boys? Uh, anything you want to bring up that we haven't talked about? Well. Been a long one. I think we're closing in on uh, two hours. I think, uh, yeah, I think we've uh, given it a good shake. I think so too. Um, uh, Supermercado, you want to give those plugs? Yes, could be the last time because I could drop dead uh, at Super. Well, if I dropped dead at Subiaco, I'm in trouble. I could drop <laughs> dead at uh, Perth Stadium, as they'd call it on the ABC. Yep. So you can uh, visit the blog at demonblog.com. Of um, course, I've updated the uh, the index page, so you can go through this year's posts and have a preliminary final marathon if you so desire. Uh, you can get me on Twitter at Demon Blog and you can uh, hit up the Demon Wiki history website at demonwiki.org. Very nice. Um, if you are listening to this at a later date, uh, join us on demonland.com. Um, join us for the uh, excitement of the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Um, boys, I'm off to Perth on Friday and so Super Mercado and we'll try and bring home a victory. All right, go Dave. We'll die trying. <laughs> exactly. Well, anyway. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back next week. Uh, go Dave.